You better work. Alright everybody, we're back. We're rounding out Death Wish Month, Death Wish five. five. The- face of Death. He does have a face of death, this Bronson. Do you remember the movie Face of Death? Have you ever seen those? Those are the suicide ones, right? Well, no, they show people getting killed. Allegedly, it's not. They don't really fake. Oh. Well, there is some horror. Whatever shit I there, saw but... was a man putting a gun to his head in an office, and some of that, yeah, was was in there. Okay, it, it, good. I'm yeah. still horrified, though. Yes. Great. What was in the '80s? That was like, and everyone was like, those. "Hey, don't do it!" And he's like, "Oh no, I'm not going to do it." And then he did it. Is that the guy that was like a politician or something? I have no he idea. I don't want to think about this anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm done with it. I don't. <laughs> like I'm just reminiscing about the '80s. The faces of death. Come on, passing oh. tapes of. Killing themselves, yeah. So, Griff. Yes. Death Wish 5. Yes. It's been a spectacular month. Spectacular. Now, we know... What's our list of things? We're the greatest podcasters ever. We we, 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 we rewrite the rules of podcasting, and then we just break them after we rewrite them. So we're the AEW podcasting? No DQ podcasting? We're... Sex gods, of course. Yes. We are uh, captains of industry. Oh, of course. We lead the world in uh, body sheen. Yes. We got our petroleum <laughs> jelly for men. Uh, that's right. We got she right. sheen for women. And of course, Griff! Pedia sheen for kids. It's coming out. Because <laughs> even Jesus. kids should look sexy. Oh, the twinkle in your eye. You just thought about that. Well, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're still working on it. It's being. I'm glad we bought that empty factory. And we put the Holy Trinity. This was inspired, of course, by Death Wish Five, but it's the Holy Trinity of factories because you have, uh, you have the sweatshop in the basement, and we'll get to the big surprise in the basement in a minute. Here. Biden's helping us out with the sweatshop. He's and, sending a lot of refugees. And then you got the runway storefront on the ground level, and then on top you have offices, right. and of course in the basement you have to have a vat of acid. Right. Yeah. But the one area we haven't conquered yet. It's the world of fashion and growth. So I had to make a call. I had to call somebody in because we don't know this. We're guys. We don't know this shit. And I got the person, the right person for it. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it's Taffeta V. Hello, boys. How are you? How Hello. are you? Great. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. So um, this one was a fairly punishing movie to watch. Hey, watch a Robert Ginty movie, and then you'll know what punishment <laughs> you'll is. You'll really know. Okay? You know what? You're right. You're uh, right. Watch, corrected. Watch but White still, Fire. It was, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it was my least favorite of the things that we have done thus far. Oh, my, my little dog is barking. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. It's okay. Um, 
I'm guessing this is your first Death Wish movie. Uh, no, actually, um, my paternal grandmother was a huge Charles Bronson fan. Um, I, uh. I, I have no explanation for it. I just know that it was true. And so um, I know I saw, I'd have to look up when they were released, um, but I know that I saw some of them in the theater with her because she loved Charles Bronson. But definitely yeah. it was way before Death Wish 5. He was still, you oh, know, yeah. um, uh, a youngish man. Well, no, he always looked old. <laughs> he did always yeah. kind of he was old. Like, yeah. He was fit as fuck, man. And the he, first he one was 50 in the first one and he was ripped. Yeah. The first one was yeah. like 74 or something. Yeah. And yeah. so this Greatest one year ever, girl. Yeah, this one is 20 years later. So yeah. Take with that. What yeah. No, this is this is I said it was yeah, 74, yeah, this yeah. is 94. Yeah. So yeah, I can't do math. I can do yeah. that math. So you're a currency guy. I, what, what I really when they made this movie, and that's just that's yeah. a little rough to sell me an action star at 73. Well, the backstory is, okay, go, this, is a, this is a Golan project, not a Golan Globus project, because they broke up. Yeah, I'm Golan. Yeah. So they, everybody remembers the dueling Lombada movies that they made. Don't you remember those? I do. Lombada, the I Forbidden do. Dance? The Forbidden Dance, and then well, they made, they made Lombada, those. I think, right? Oh, I know. Did you ever right. see the uh, terrific uh, uh, documentary about Golan Globus? Uh, I'm sure that you have. I mean, it's you boys. Of course you have. But um, uh, right. uh, Electric Boogaloo? Yes. Fantastic. I have, yeah. Of you course you have. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's really, yeah. really good. Uh, arguably, that documentary about them is better than many of their movies. <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, so, I... I I believe Anakam Golan was like, I got to go to the well. I got to do something I can count on. Bronson. Bronson. And right. I think that's what happened. That's my guess. Let's because, yes, it, even really Bronson right. didn't. He, yeah. I mean, he didn't even seem like he wanted to be there. He was just like collecting a paycheck, you know? So. Yeah. Even, at, even in four, like, he didn't have one liners. He had one worders. Wrong. Wrong. Death. <laughs> Death. And so in this one, he's just as lazy. Like one of my favorite scenes, uh, obviously we'll get more into it later, but he's proposing and he just slaps the ring on the table. Not, there was no fanfare. There was no like a cherry on top replaced with, you know, the ring, nothing, just there. (laughs) And she's freaking out. None. (laughs) Well, the, this, here's the reason why every installment, Bronson keeps getting younger. They keep get. I mean, he keeps getting older. They keep getting younger. Yes. So I did yeah. the math. I looked it up, Griff. Oh, good. Oh, you you did math. Or should yes. we should we be worried? Put on some helmets. No, I, I wrote it down. So this. Is, oh, okay. Or I use a calculator. I hope you double checked the first movie. Bronson was fifty three, okay. and his love interest was forty one. Which so very appropriate. Twelve year difference. That's that's okay. It's at, at that at that age too. Right. And, and yeah, in that era. Yeah. In the second one. He was 61. His love interest was 40. His real life wife, Jill Ireland, 46. That's 15 years. Okay, we're getting a little further. We out went there. three years. But they were married in real life. So yeah, yeah. it's a real thing. But we went three years apart. <laughs> and three, Bronson is 64. <laughs> His love interest is 32. 32 year difference. <laughs> 32 year difference. 
Oh, Double. God. Jeez. Oh, oh, and then in four, Bronson is 66. His love interest is 34. Another 32 year difference. <laughs> oh, he's consistent at yeah. least. <laughs> he's like five to two years. Yeah. He was. <laughs> and then this one, he's, he's 73. His love interest oh, is God. 40 years old. So he's 33 years old. So he went one up. <laughs> one up. But he said no, 35 would look too weird, guys. Don't oh, go any farther God. than 33. Jeez. Yeah, well, women uh, actually cease to exist after 30. So, I mean, we should be so lucky that she was 40 in this one. That's practically elderly uh, for a movie, right? That's why I'm single, because women disappear after 30. <laughs> right. Why do you think I feel? I'm older than you. Okay. My 51-year-old ass takes exception to that young man. <laughs> well, good. Let's get on the let's, – let's agree about something then. Star Trek. Trek. You revealed in your notes that you are uh, a Trekkie, but apparently I, I got it. I do have to disagree because you are a next gen Trekkie. Um, actually, original series and next gen only. Uh, but original series, oh yeah, we can go all day about that. In fact, I have uh, okay. right behind me in a closet here. I have my original series uniform that I used to wear to conventions with uh, an enormous, complicated wig and tribbles. Yes, on. <laughs> yes, okay, okay, but. We got. I got to know about Next Gen because I my experience with Next Gen was being across the street over at my neighbor's house, and the the grandpa would always be over there watching Star Trek, and I was like, "What is this?" When I grew older, I was like, "I got to get into this Next Gen shit." And that Wesley kid ruined it for me. How did Wesley not ruin it for you? Okay, this is a complicated history, and we are skipping ahead a little bit, but I will give you the the lowdown on that. I um at the time, I did in fact hate Wesley Crusher, uh, like everybody else. Did. Okay. Um, but yes. now, uh, Will Wheaton, I think is great. Um, I I really enjoy his writing, and uh, I also kind of like who he is and his perspective on the whole thing. And let's face it, I wasn't mad at. Wesley Crusher or at Will Wheaton. I was really pissed at the fucking writers because it was terrible what they were, you know, making him do and and sort of this whole character that they had they had made for yeah. him. Um I I'm consistently kind of crappy with the writers on Next Gen because well frankly Jordy LaForge should have had more game than he did because he's a cool guy. Anyway, um but I digress. Um <laughs> one of my favorite things though is an anecdote that uh that Will Wheaton told about the movie Galaxy Quest, which Galaxy Quest, of course, is the best Star Trek movie. Um, and he said that he really wished that there had been uh, a crazy fan character that he would play uh, that did nothing but uh, bitch about the child character on the show. And uh. I think that that would have been a really a, a really great treat. Uh, to have yeah that would have been but, that would have um, been a fun meta thing. Uh, yeah so i didn't like it at the time i have softer feelings about it now uh, uh you know many years hence and a million viewings uh after that but yeah there, uh when we get to it there is a, a, a next gen alum from one of my favorite episodes in there so nice who was uh who was a character you always look forward to seeing in next gen you mentioned Lavar. Are oh, you excited boy. that Lavar Burns get a host Jeopardy? Oh yeah, I love Lavar Burton, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I'm all. He needs to be the permanent host of Jeopardy. I would start watching it again if Lavar Burton was hosting. <laughs> uh, I love him. He's very cool. Uh, certainly on the show, um, I liked Worf an awful lot. Um, 
you know, oh man, Warp War, Warp is Jean-Luc what kept Picard, me going. I mean, yeah, Warp is great. Um, the best ones are the two episodes where uh, Kalar, Warp's lady friend uh, and betrothed, uh, showed up. Uh, I loved her. Uh, she was terrific. Very snarky, half human, half uh, Klingon. So, oh, I kind of remember her. I haven't gone through the whole series. I've I've just patched in random episodes because the over the antenna they have the whole Star War, Star Trek block from like seven. 8 p.m. till 3 in the morning or something, and they play each generation of uh, Star Trek for just hours. Oh, wow. So I used to watch that. Okay, yeah. so we're talking a lot about Star Trek and not a lot about yeah. Death Wish 5. <laughs> so oh, no, we're done, with that... the, we're done with Star Trek. <laughs> okay, uh, I feel that we should get <laughs> back on track uh, with Death Wish 5, yeah. where... Um, our, are you going to tell us where we open up on this and which is why you have me here? <laughs> I mean, other than the fact that you love me. Oh, no. Uh, what we do need to talk to you about is the appreciation. Because we're, we'll get to that. We'll get to actually starting the movie in a minute here. This is just <laughs> okay. our top. We're just kind of doing some exploration right at first. Uh, so you you already brought up, I believe, either way. Yeah, you did in, a minute ago. Uh, our villain here. Who uh, our main villains was Michael Parks, which is a name I didn't really really recognize, but I recognize right, the face. Right, he's in from Dust Till Dawn. He was in a lot of things. If you look Bill. at his IMDb, Kill Bill. Yeah, Bill. exactly. Yeah. Two characters in Kill Bill. And uh, I already made one Twin Peaks connection today, but he's Gene Gene Renault. I don't remember. Yeah, he was one of the One Eye Jack guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That so. guy died. No. That was Jacques Renault. Yeah, but he died. That's putting it out there. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so you uh you didn't think he did a good enough job in this movie, but you oh my god, you had you didn't get to see Death Wish for. So I gotta say, like I thought the first half of the movie, um what was his name? Sal uh, Tommy. Tommy O'Shea. Yeah, I thought Tommy was pretty good in the first half. Did you like him at any part of the movie or is he just meh from the beginning? I, meh. Um, if I'm going to watch uh, an action movie, uh, particularly one that might not be, you know, sort of prestige action, you know, very fancy stuff. Um, the main thing that I really, really, really want is I want a villain who's going to chew the scenery. I want a crazy villain. I, I want a henchman. John P. Ryan! So, yeah, I want I want madmen. I want uh, total insanity from a villain. And uh, I want want him to have a crazy henchman we do have a good crazy henchman in this which i appreciate but um i just felt like uh michael parks as much as i love him was it was a little sleepy it was um i like that you came on to the word sleepy yeah <laughs> because me and murray were talking about how every time he got into his apartment he curls up into that couch kicks, kicks his, his shoes, shoes off, off and <laughs> just gets comfortable yeah it wasn't yeah, um, yeah. crazy enough, I guess. I agree. I want an over the top. I want a Looney Tunes villain. John P. Ryan. Watch you need to watch yeah. Death Wish Four then, because John P. Ryan. Huh. He was uh, my problem with that. Five he's, minutes. Yeah, he's barely in it. Yeah, but but anyways, now that we have some background on how you feel about um, Tommy, you know, I think we can go into Trailer Town, the and trailer. then uh, we'll really get into the weeds of what Tommy did in this movie. All right. So grip. What do you do after you've taken on rapists, gang members, and drug dealers? You go, yeah. to, you go to the filthiest, 
scummiest industry in the world, fashion. So let's hit it with Death Wish 5, Face of Death. of glamour and high fashion. A new crime syndicate is taking over. Peekaboo. I watched this guy coming up through the Irish gangs and now he's ruthless. He's infiltrated every aspect of my business. Their methods are brutal. Promise me if anything should happen to me, he'll take care of Chelsea. Gone. The one thing they didn't count on was an enemy who wouldn't back down. You know, these people, they steal, they murder, destroy people's lives and get away with it. Cursey's no amateur. You've got a problem. Charles Bronson is back. I'm coming for you, O'Shea. And this time, he's not leaving until his wish is their command. No judge, no jury, no appeal, and no deals. The cops take these guys down. Sometimes the law works. And sometimes it doesn't. It's showtime. Is history. Where's the girl? Charles Bronson. Guns make you nervous? Death Wish 5. All right, we're opening up. The music is awful. There's no The more... music was fucking horrible. There's no more Herbie Hancock. There's no, <laughs> no the more... It's so bad. Yeah. It was the most canned fucking... They just, you know, bought it from some Five soap million opera. Budget. Five million budget. Where did it go? Manakam, what did... He didn't have Globus. Globus was it the fucking money It did not go guy. into that... Yeah, yeah, that may have been the trick to it. Yeah, the music seemed like not even quite as good as a lot of TV movies. Oh. It <laughs> had a very TV was... movie vibe. <laughs> yeah. I thought it looked really cheap, <laughs> like a TV movie. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Oh. I, I, you know what? As, uh, as I said it, I was thinking about it. The cannolis. I bet it went into the cannolis. <laughs> Those cannolis look like shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they did. I... The ones that What's Your Face made. Yeah, I love a cannoli, but those did not look like good cannolis. I have to concur. Well, she uh, did make them in 30 seconds, you know. Tommy oh, you're talking about Maxine's? Like, yeah, he's like, make me some. I mean, she had the deep fryer ready, apparently. <laughs> yeah. and everything. Just, just waiting for Tommy to come home, kick off his shoes. You got to get, like, the pistachio crumble on there yeah. and everything. Well, look, that chick- yeah. chicky. He gave a performance for oh the ages with God. his dying scene. Did he not eat the whole cannoli <laughs> in one bite? Yeah. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Ahead. Yeah. All right. We're back in New York. The music. New York. Oh, we're yeah. back in New York slash Toronto because we're regularly yes. really in Toronto. But it's. I love Toronto. Wonderful place. And as we pointed out, every odd death wish takes place in New York. Every even one takes place in LA. Did we point that or did Stuart point that out? I, he probably did. I he think Stuart did. Know. Credit Stuart. Stuart, you're credited. <laughs> so we open right up on a fashion show. Let us know, is this how it really works, Steph? Absolutely is there not. kids back there? There's nothing <laughs> yeah. that bore any resemblance to a runway show. It was like, obviously this is not going to be a documentary, right? But 
this was so preposterous. I was yelling just right off the bat at the screen. Um, it was completely insane. For one thing, uh, when she came out and introduced the fashion show, mm, no, not so much. You might come out and take a bow at the end. And then she also said something about proceeds going to some sort of charity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's not, that's not how any of this works. That's not how any of this works. A, a runway show. You don't. You don't buy things from the runway show. The runway show is simply the runway show. And so I don't know where the proceeds would be coming from. It also almost looked in the backstage scenes like there were people who were browsing the racks of clothes. Again, not how this works. That's not correct at all. Um, So that was all very strange. And But we learned it's a money laundering front. Remember that. Right. So somehow they're money laundering. But none of like this would not be the the place or the way to do that. Um, and while backstage at a fashion show, yes, indeed, very chaotic, lots of boobs. Um, so that boobs part everywhere. of it, lots of boobs. Um, which great, I'm all for it. I'm a fan. But uh, I just none of it was even close to being anything like that. And this movie came out in 1994. Okay, so just to contextualize, um, we're talking about sort of the height of the Glamazon supermodels, right? This is like Linda Evangelista, Naomi Campbell territory. And those models, look, I'm no fashion model. I am a runty old broad. I'm in no way uh, besmirching these lovely ladies who were in this movie, but they're not passing as runway models okay they're they're just not um and the clothing uh is again for 1994 it is several years out of date and they were very clearly trying to do some riffs on paul gautier stuff that first series of looks that came out that were a little bit strappy lots of sort of extraneous straps but so cheaply made that i could see it you know on my tv um uh that is even just a little bit a little bit late for that um Jean-Paul Gaultier which I am very impressed that you knew uh but just to contextualize for anybody else uh he's a fashion designer uh and did a lot of things that we associate with early 90s very strappy looks um early Madonna videos that uh David Fincher shot um, she's wearing a lot of Gautier, the cone bras or a Gautier look, uh, and, uh, the movie, the cook, the thief, his wife and her lover, Helen Mirren wears a lot of Gautier in that. Um, so they're, they're making a swing for trying to look like that. And they are coming up real short. It's not good. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's so bad. And there are wigs that look like they came from the drugstore at Halloween. Um, they are terrible. And they didn't even bother putting them on well. Like, so it's a bad wig <laughs> to begin with. And then on top of it, they just sort of plotted it on top of their head, didn't pin it on or anything. Absolutely terrible. And I, the shoes made me want to cry. <laughs> the shoes were so frumpy they were so shameful these little two inch cone-shaped heel like matronly shoes like nana would wear to church shoes so horrible so it was really rough for me right off the bat because i'm all thinking like woo, 
action. Yay. I'm excited. And then my, my hopes were dashed immediately because this is, I, look, I understand that there are budgetary constraints. Um, the costume designer for this film was not, did not have a huge resume or anything. I, I get it, but we could have tried a little harder. Um, we really could have tried just a little bit harder. Uh, awful. Arguably, the most fashionable person in the entire movie is the lady cop. Yeah, yeah. I forget her name. Was it Lisa? Uh, it was, I think it might have been Lisa, Lisa or that was the actress's name. Um, but either way, yeah, she she was pretty great, and I knew it, she it, was it's doing... It's in my because... notes, so when we get to that uh, point, okay. I, will, I will call it out. But yeah, uh, the lady cop in all black is the most fashionable broad in the whole thing. It, it was a colossal disappointment. Um, so that is what this whole thing looked like right off the bat, this fashion show. No, it is <laughs> not accurate. Well, you, and you've suntan already pantyhose given... everywhere. Oh my god. <laughs> There's suntan pantyhose under... Everything. These are fashion models, and they all look like Joyce DeWitt on Three's Company, wearing fucking suntan <laughs> pantyhose under everything. You have already added so much detail and context. Because uh, let's see, my <laughs> my my exact note for for the runway was leather outfits. <laughs> Mine was just leather. fashion show. Fashion show. I'm sorry. So, I don't mean to go on forever about this, but I no, do. This, this is why you're here. Don't worry about okay, it. We're okay. here to get into the weeds. We need that right. information. Oh, Everybody, I'm there's people out there who are are so loving that information. And so go, we I got so, uh, yeah. Paul arrives. <laughs> Paul arrives to the fashion show because yes. his, oh. his lovely lady, Olivia Regent, is the fashion designer. Oh, right. I had a big old, big old fat question for you about what the fuck Chelsea was wearing there. Because it looked like something out of Dragon Ball Z. It looked like... Yeah, or or Russia. It looked like something Queen Blossom. Latifah would wear in the 80s. That, uh, that <laughs> um, hat. It, it, was, it was a very Blossom kind of a look. Actually, I felt like for a preteen girl there, um, that that funny little hat, little purple hat with the flower and, and combining a lot of purple and red, um, which is rather lurid, but... Uh, for a preteen girl, that was fairly reasonable um, and wouldn't have been crazy out of place. That was fine. Um, Chelsea was okay. The lady cop was okay. Everybody else was a hot fucking okay. mess. Okay. Wow, Chelsea gets a pass. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was how ignorant yeah. I am to this kind of situation. So our hero Paul shows up, and also our villain Tommy O'Shea shows up. Yeah. And of course, they're giggling. They're, they're playing grab ass. They're just showing how evil they are. Yeah. And right. and his sense his, his evil sense starts tingling. That's so right. he we just got squints we, at him. We got Chicky back there. Who's, Chicky and Sal. Chicky is the main bad guy. Kind of. I I don't know. He just. Oh, what's the guy from Cheers? The Danza. No. Oh, oh, dancing? Ted Dance? Ted Dance. He's got a Ted Dance look to me. Okay. But he's always sucking a. He's always. Yeah, I'm an idiot. He's always sucking the lollipop, which offended me because I'm a big Kojak fan. Exactly. How dare you try to be Kojak? I was. Yeah. But I I love the opening shot of him because he's staring across the room at some tits. Well, yeah, that's just showing how pervy they are. They're just being greasy and nasty in the back i like setting up i i mean this movie again we said it is already spoon fed to us enough but the fact that they're like see how creepy these guys are <laughs> look like, at boobs <laughs> boss you know yeah. and they're just it is honking it, them and you know. it is villainry by numbers absolutely he was yeah. he was like I, visually honking 
all of those boobs. It was ridiculous. I lo- yeah, perfect. But we got Tommy, and he he's uh, the old fling of Olivia. Yeah, yeah that was her name. Yeah, he's Correct. the father of Chelsea. And he's upset that I forget what was he, he wants upset? Chelsea back. Like she took Chelsea away from him. Okay. And he's like, hey, just because I'm a murdering thug doesn't mean I can't see my daughter on the weekend. Yeah. And uh, uh, Olivia tells him to fuck off or something. And so he has to grab her by the arm. And apparently the squeeze is so hard. She bruises. She's so delicate. She bruises her wrist. Yeah. And Paul's creep senses go off or something <laughs> well he just comes back to congratulate her on another great you know fashion show that's what it was and he notices the bruise hey. who did this to you <laughs> i hey yeah. i'm just saying what he's yeah. saying to her it, it, you know absolutely absolutely and it um i don't know having all of these people at the fashion show all at once seems uh also ridiculous it, it's preposterous uh, a lot of action. Yeah, yeah. She bruised immediately. Crazy. I I thought she even had like sleeves on her dress. I like. I oh, thought. Yeah. I thought they went past their elbow or something. So I was like, how did Paul even see it? Because he just put her hand up. And said, who did this to you? Yeah, Paul is just like, who did this to you? And, and she's like, don't don't worry, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing. You know, you know, she's I she just door. <laughs> And he somehow gets the information out of her. He's because uh, he says, "Oh, did Tommy do this to you?" And she, she, she's like, "Yeah." He's down in the factory playing with his vat of acid, right. and that's when the so movie comes to the, the factory, the sweatshop, the sweatshop, which is okay. in the same building. This is a great okay. building. I, I'm so sorry, but I have to jump in here uh, as well. Um, where you would have a runway show, and where you would manufacture things. Two completely different places. There's absolutely no way that you would have like some sort of venue atop the sweatshop. Okay, so first of all, that's nuts. And then the thing that you've pointed out and that is so glaring and completely bonkers is that in this manufacturing facility for garments, um, uh, where you see a lot of sewing machines, you see a lot of industrial uh bolts of fabric that kind of thing uh there's also for some reason uh what looks like a kiddie pool in the center of the floor uh completely unrestricted that is a vat of acid now there's no reason for that in any kind of clothing manufacturer uh i don't know what the fuck you're doing ass- with that uh i assumed it was just and you throw like scraps yeah isn't that? And, like thread you just go throw it in there yeah you know no. all the leftovers no. No, I think I think I think Tommy was onto something. I think I thought this was environmentally sound. Isn't this what we're supposed to do with plastics? That's very that's very uh, environmentally. Yeah, no. Uh, So it's it's bonkers. (laughs) There's there's no reason for it whatsoever, other than it being the Chekhov's gun of it all. And uh, it just got that in. I like that. (laughs) You know, I did. That's right. Um, But. I'm a classy broad, right? I went to college. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it just, it's put there, and it's such an obvious bit of foreshadowing. There's no reason for it whatsoever. Um, and on top of it, even if there was a reason for it, like there would have to be some sort of OSHA standards about like an unrestricted. There was a rail around it, right? right? Was there? It was a rail. It's okay. true. It's and I true. think there was a sign. There was said, a, there was a couple acid. of steps, and there was like a little right. perimeter around it. 
but there definitely was no railing. It was just a bubbling cauldron. Well, of we didn't acid. know what it was, so we had to see. We had someone to show us, so someone to throw a mannequin in there. Yeah, and Tom, we, Tom, we we get to meet Big Al, Big Al, Fat also, Albert. No reason for mannequins fuck- in this situation. Zero reason I, for I, mannequins to be there in this okay. situation whatsoever. Well, that's There's why. No that's why it. Tommy got rid of it. Tommy, threw I think it out. they were just left over from the uh, Twilight Zone episode. For a second, I thought. It was- <laughs> I thought Big Al was Victor Bueno played King Tut on Batman, but no, he died like years oh, yeah. ago. But he looked, he looked like Victor. There bueno. was a lot of IMDb. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I mean I already I I already showed my ignorance with the Tony Danza thing, but oh, wait, Ted Danson. Ted Danson. No. Yeah. Wow. Jesus See, I just Christ, I, I I'm faith blind and I don't remember names because I don't give a shit about celebrities at all. That's Anyways, fine. except Tom Hardy. And his he's penis. great. It's, yeah, both great. <laughs> so they throw the mannequin in there because he's he's making because like this whole operation. This is why it's so fucked up. This operation because it's not for fashion. It's for money laundering. Yeah, right. And he's just you know and and we this guy's on your side, Taff, because he's like this. These closing is shit. We're not selling them. They're shit. Nobody wants this shit. Yeah. So we can't keep Correct. like cleaning this money and we're not we're not proving how we're like making this money and, and tommy's like i don't give a fuck throw it in the goddamn ass Al probably realized that they were behind on their fashion too <laughs> exactly it's like nobody would wear this he's no griff that's what i'm right. gonna say because i was ignorant to all this shit oh so that whole scene is just to set up the acid yeah. and, but then tommy's like i don't is this does tommy get the fucking jigsaw on him in this scene this is where tommy kicks everybody out yeah. Because they want to really intimidate uh, Al to make sure he's doing their bidding. And this is where they, like, throw him over a table. Like, they push him so he's back against uh, on a table. And then they get out. What is this <laughs> machinery they yeah. grab? Because it looked like something. I thought it was, was a handheld jigsaw. That's what I thought. Yeah. It's, I had no idea. And actually, they sh- um, that's a real thing. Uh, it's it's kind of like a reciprocating saw. Um, and uh, there are things like that uh, in garment manufacturing. Uh, it's so that uh, pattern pieces can be cut from many, many, many layers of uh, fabric. Oh, so okay. that is actually not as bonkers as it seems um, at first blush. Uh, it's reasonably legit. Uh, I don't know enough about the actual pieces of machinery from that era, but uh, that is a real thing. Um, and it is for cutting pattern pieces. And now sometimes they use lasers, which I like. Um, but that that's a not unreasonable thing uh, on that, that large table for cutting things. Um, and you saw patterns uh, in the background. So that I can hang with that a lot more than the uh, vat of acid for no reason. Um, uh, Does this cancel out the, the atrocity of the vat of acid? Like you're like, okay, that's, that should be there, but the vat of acid, or is the ledger still on the wrong side because of the mannequins, the, the sweatshop and runway in the same building still on the side of lunacy. None of it should be together. Okay. So thankfully, we do have one good, just amazing citizen because he didn't evacuate when Tommy told everyone to leave. Right, Reg. good old good old Reggie. Bless he, his heart. he gets involved because Tommy's about to cut some layers of fat off of fat out. He gets it in there. Yeah, he gets it in there. Yeah, he's Pretty cutting rough. out a nice pattern. And, and Reg is like, "Come on, guys, yeah, <laughs> take it a little too far. Can't we get along?" <laughs> and oh. he's like. 
And he says something like, you know, they stop this shit. And then uh, if you don't say shit, you'll lose 90 percent of your vocabulary. Great line. And then the guy double whammies with, yeah, why don't you go check with the NWACP? What was that? You wrote this in the note. I don't know what that is. That's what Tommy says to him because he says something about shit. And he's like, you take shit out of your vocabulary and you'll have 90 percent. He's he's basically shaming Reggie. He's being racist and he's putting him. Oh, okay. I see. I see. And uh, yeah, Reggie, he's quick to the spit. So he spits out, and there. I thought Reggie was fucked after you spit, and there's some hard R's thrown around and everything. That's the kind of villain Tommy is in yeah. this movie. They're letting us know how rough Tommy. We want to see if Tommy died. Yeah, he's using all the bad R words in this movie. Uses a lot of them. But uh, this is uh, just happens to be when doors fly open. Olivia and Paul walk in. And, Crikey, what was his name? Mikey? So, with the soccer guy. Chicky. Chicky. What? I hate this name. I got to write it down so I can remember this because I hate this man. Well, I wrote it down a million times. Chicky. Chicky. Chicky immediately pulls a gun on Paul. And you'd expect an 80-year-old man to put on his glasses and figure out what was being pointed at him. But he <laughs> he, he knows... He knows the ruffle of a gun. He he just no, we we saw a little ruffle in his pants. We we've we've learned that throughout this series, Paul Kersey, the the Charles Bronson character, he gets off on guns. Yeah, he can't Vi- get an erection unless he's killing somebody. Viagra doesn't work. Murder works for him. So his inspiration yeah, through no. the previous Death Wish. If you decided to go back and watch the other Death they Wish, they do it. Movies, There's a scene every movie. They just zoom in on his crotch, and we just see a little ruffle, like a little rustle. Yeah, and we're like, gonna kill. And within the first, like when you're blending the first and second act, there's always like. I got to elude my girlfriend or wife to go murder somebody, and then when he comes back, he's like, "Baby, are you ready to do it?" Ew. I'm sorry, but that's the Death Wish movies. <laughs> Ew. Right there. Ew. So much ew. <laughs> just, just imagine so, like that a great American. Paul, this is he does the whole rap. What's the lines you don't screw? Well, uh, I was about to call him Crikey again. <laughs> Chicky, <laughs> Crikey, motherfucker. <laughs> Chicky is just like, oh, do guns make you nervous? And he goes, no, idiots with guns make me nervous. Exactly. Like a proud American. Like, guns are great. Yeah. Idiots with guns. Guns have their purpose. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Guns have their purpose. And it's looking like he's about to get shot because he's got a smart mouth. We saw what happened to Reg. Well, he just scantered away. We saw what happened to Al. He's the one who got fucked up. Al got fucked up. Yeah. But. Chelsea throws the doors open now and just like, what's going on in here? So everything stops. So Tommy's not that bad. He's not going to murder anybody. He will have in sex with a, a woman while his daughter's right out the door. What? But he won't murder. Well, I got a lot didn't... to wonder about. Yeah, yeah. That scene, that's another one. That's what I appreciate about, about this movie. It's bad, but there's a lot of scenes that deserve conversation. And we see that Chelsea automatically sides with Paul. She like doesn't care about her father at all. Like this is my father. Well, she notices there's blood on uh, Tommy's suit, her right. dad's suit, and so her dad actually pays attention to it. What's with his glasses too? What were those glasses? Gorilla monsoon glasses. <laughs> Gorilla monsoon. <laughs> like they were like for dyslexic people. The colored you know? <laughs> Uh But yeah, he's he's trying to hide the blood all over his jacket, and you know they after Chelsea interrupts everything, they're just like. We'll go our, our separate ways here. Walk out, and Chelsea goes over and points out the giant, you know, fabric 
peace cutter thing. <laughs> well, we learned Olivia finally like goes, look, Paul, he's involved with all my business. I can't get him out of my life because you know, he like funded the business. And so we learned she, it's a lot more difficult than we, we thought. It's not just like, get out of here, Tommy. You know, she can't have her business without Tommy being involved. Um, so Paul, he does the right thing first. He's like, I'm going to go to the law. I'm going to try the law. I've tried five movies, four movies before, and it never worked. I'm, just, I'm gonna, For you, I'm going to do it. He doesn't just go to a local policeman, though. No. He goes to the tippy top. He right. goes to the DA. Yeah. Right. Well, he's got he's got right. he's friends with the DA. Yeah. I last saw this guy in Frasier. I don't. I've oh, seen right? a lot of stuff. So he shows up. Well, with, uh, okay. I, that's where I have the, to jump in here with my big nerd alert thing. Who the DA is. Um, so for, uh, for any Star Trek next gen fans that are listening, uh, the DA yeah. in this, uh, is, don't laugh at me, uh, is portrayed, uh, uh, by, uh, uh, an actor named Saul Rubinek. Um, and he was on uh, a season three episode of Next Generation called The Most Toys, um, which, uh, fans of the show will recognize as the one where, um, Data's death is faked and he is kidnapped by a uh, sort of a, a, a space criminal um, and uh, is going to be sold to the highest bidder. Um, but that plan is thwarted uh, eventually. But uh, anyway, uh, the, I immediately recognized him from that. I was like, oh, my God, that guy's on Star Trek. <laughs> one He's episode of the one. third season. That's that's the level of nerdity that uh, I'm bringing to the table here. <laughs> <laughs> He's just another one where he like when you look at his IMD page, he's in everything. Right. Yeah. So it's him. A working it's man. Him and Detective Hector Vasquez. Yeah. And we I know I, I know something's up with this guy. He's constantly wringing his hands. His eyes are darting back and forth. He's like totally we're spoon fed. We're getting spoon fed everything in this movie. I mean, this yeah. is also the trope in all but one Death Wish movie is that there's two cops and one of them is shady. Yeah, but and so, one has one is a cold all the time. So. And yeah, of course, one is cold. And uh, and she shows up and like Paul, and then he's like Kurt Stewart. Stewart. I'm Paul Stewart, <laughs> the professor of architecture. Wink. And he's like, oh yeah, we did that whole witness protection thing with you. I don't. You can witness because last. I'm, I'm assuming we're holding. We're going over from the last movie. He killed a whole bunch of people, and they're like, we're gonna protect you. I don't, I don't know. know. Well, they, well, we learn in every movie, every Death Wish, that the police appreciate the fuck out of them. Right. The only ones who don't are the sleazy cops. So he's churning out the bad cops. So we're left with all the good cops. So of course they love him. So and I'm glad he's still an architect. He's, he's teaching at a college, you know, professor of architecture, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's just like, look, you need to do something about this O'Shea guy. And of course we learn, Griff, laws are they're bullshit. Yeah, you know. Their hands are tied all the time. Yeah. He's like, I can't do anything. So I really, we're getting into one of the, one of the best scenes of this show, or movie, rather. And uh, it's Paul. In the first act of every Death Wish movie, we got to have Paul with his new lady having a romantic dinner. So they go down to the nice jazz club. I don't like smooth jazz, so I didn't like this club at all. Um. And they're they're sitting there, they're enjoying, they're having wine and everything, they're celebrating nothing, just just having a good time. Celebrating nothing, yet celebrating everything. And I already brought this up, but this is when he drops his pog slammer on the table. Uh, 
Taff, you you love this scene, right? This is this is yeah. romantic shit, right? They have they have zero chemistry whatsoever. Um, it's <laughs> preposterous. Like they just just no chemistry. He doesn't even ask her to marry him. Uh, he just sort of shoves the ring over. Um, so I don't know, not, not great. And was anybody else like me really distracted by the interior design of this crazy ass restaurant that we're in? Uh, <laughs> because apparently Paul is supposed to be, uh, a professor of architecture now, right? Which, okay. Um, but, um, uh, uh, if he is, uh, I don't know why he would go into this restaurant. It, it, it was the craziest, most over the top mid nineties, like insano design whatsoever. And so I had to look it up, of course. Um, and, uh, as you said before, this whole thing was shot in Toronto and, uh, this was a real restaurant. It was called Winston's. And uh, at one time, it was like the chic spot. It was where you would go for celebrity sightings. It was sort of the place to be um, kind of a big deal. Um, I'm imagining, you know, a Spago situation. That's sort of a deal. Um, but, oh, God, it was just awful. <laughs> just really awful. <laughs> so here we have this terrible setting, um, uh, like just a, a really crazy over the top setting um and we have these two people who lack any kind of chemistry they really just barely seem to even acknowledge each other and he does in fact ask her to marry him he just kind of foists a piece of jewelry at her uh, and their kiss <laughs> their kiss is so not a good kiss this is a terrible kiss well, this is oh jesus there's yeah. a reason why he he his love interest was almost always Jill Ireland because he does have no chemistry with any other woman. He had to have his real life wife play opposite him in like almost all Fair. of his movies. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good good so, good catch. And that's and a, a little a little trivia for you. The reason why her character is the only woman who doesn't get killed in the Death Wish series is because it's his wife. He's not gonna let his wife in oh real life God. get raped or murdered. In it. Yeah. So even he realized Chivalry's this is distasteful. Yeah. Don't do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, she, we, we, you forgot to point out she's ecstatic. She's like, finally, I'm going to lock this prize down. Does that yeah. mean it's a yes? That means it's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he just gives her a little peck on the cheek. Really good. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, and then, like and Tommy's got to like piss on the parade. He shows up. Yeah, like, he shows up. His whole entourage—they're laughing, they're knocking shit over, you know, because they're like in the mob, so they do whatever they want. And then in the yeah. background, we see this very beautiful woman. Like she's not, she's lit, very dark. You can't really see the face, but you're like oh, that can, woman's sexy as fuck. I can tell that's a San Franciscan woman. Yes, yeah. <laughs> San Francisco treat. <laughs> and she just goes off. We're like, but we notice because once. Once again, we're being spoon-fed everything. So yes. we're like, that, yeah. that that person must mean something. All, all I could think about, because this is becoming such an issue in some of the southern states, about we can't let, you know... <laughs> I just don't even want to talk about it. They don't much, talk about it's it. It's too much of a lightning rod. Yes, okay. But what we all saw <laughs> we, in this... I'm going to go into it anyway. don't have to really... No, 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 no. It, it, it's Because it, it's no. not that. It's just... A crazy henchman situation. It's not anything right. more than that. He's just using this particular ruse uh, to yeah. to get at the lady. Uh, it's it's not a whole bigger issue. It's, We're not getting yeah. into anything it's, that's like no, a, no. a dress to kill or a Eyes of Laura Mars situation. This is 
very much just it's getting the job done. There's a little illusion later on that we'll get into that he might be this might be his kink too, but we'll get into that. Oh, later. That's a good point. Oh, I didn't even think about oh, that. You know what? But, You're right. That's oh, but shit. so uh Olivia's like, I gotta I gotta take a leak, so I'm gonna use the bathroom. She's just like, oh my god, I got this guy, I got him. But now she's worried about t- she, she she's got to look good for him, you know. She's just locked down Charles Bronson for the wispy mustache, everything, <laughs> the leathery <laughs> face that is puffed out so far and collapsing on itself. He barely so had eyes in the yeah. movie because his eye, his face is so puffy Charles. now. Seventy three. <laughs> he shouldn't have been in this movie. Anyways, he, okay, I, so she goes to the bathroom, and then this. This ravishing beauty shows up behind San Francisco him. treat. <laughs> Looks familiar okay, to all yeah. nobody. You guys, though, there's nobody else in the bathroom. That is not even real. You're calling bullshit on Look, that. I'm calling bullshit <laughs> on nobody in the ladies' room. Especially, this is like a big restaurant. There's gonna be people in the ladies' room because it's, it's a fancy it's jazz club. How it is. You know, yeah. Well, I, okay. well, um, but, he's locked. And, 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 and also a lock on the door in the ladies' room, like of the main door. Yeah, well, he did. Room. That's the thing. He did lock the door to make sure no one came in. <laughs> Not in a stall, so, though. But the door like, in the ladies' room. No. We're gonna we're gonna point out how cool all of us are because we had the exact same thought when we saw. <laughs> Yes. It's a new character, Freddie Flake. We're like, is that Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall? Yeah, it looks just like him. It's filmed in Toronto. We're like, oh my god, yeah. They just broke up a couple years ago. It could conceivably be him. No, they. Oh yeah, I guess they did. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um. I wonder. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. That, and I love that you guys I, I saw... immediately clocked that as well. It 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 was not just like, oh, this dude is wearing ladies' clothes. It's oh shit, is that Kevin McDonald? <laughs> Like he really, Several. really looked just like him. I think uh, for this movie, I paused the most for more than any other movie we've done, just to be like, "Isn't this guy that guy?" Yeah, I did so many IMDb yeah. cross references for this movie, and that was that was one of them. I was like, "Is that him?" Anyways, right. we're gonna we're about to get one of my favorite Twin Pick scenes re- recreated. Cool. Well, uh, our our San Franciscan treat comes up and she asks, "Can I borrow some of your shishin?" And uh, yeah, grabs her by the back. <laughs> well, of the that has head. to point out is the character's name Freddie Flakes. Why? Because he has dandruff. So he has to be oh, dead, dead and dandruff. And like it's to point it out to us. Meanwhile, no dandruff. Like, can somebody sprinkle some shit on there? I, I was expecting that detail, right? Just that little bit hey, of detail. Yeah, can we get props on that, please? Yeah, I agree. Five million dollar budget. Let's get some dandruff flakes. I mean, you you spent money on fake cyanide. Maybe get some <laughs> fake dandruff flakes. Oh my god, the cyanide at all? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this movie. Uh, yeah, so he grabs Olivia by the back of the head and just says, oh, your face is beautiful, but not so much anymore, and just starts bashing her head into the mirror. Right. And uh, she falls over in the sink, and we go to the hospital. Well, no, she stumbles out. Okay. She stumbles like, out? Because, like, uh... what? what you got, Taff? Uh, no, I just, sorry. It was, it was just the whole, like, okay. He he does in fact bash her head into the mirror a couple of times. It's rough. It's not you know that's not a pretty picture. We don't like that. 
Terrible oh, yeah. attack. But when we cut to the hospital, they've got our girl wrapped up like the mummy. You know, her entire face is wrapped up in gauze. And they come out talking about how she'll never look the same even with reconstructive surgery. All right. Look, that's <laughs> what happened there. And she maybe had like like three stitches on her forehead and that was it. Like, well, there's no way. If, if he had maybe grabbed some of the broken glass and started carving her up like that one guy in Nightry trying to slice his own face off, okay, yeah. then I might accept that these were the consequences of it. But, in fact, she would have had, like, a couple of stitches right up here. Yeah. You know, they, no big they deal. Throw- uh, it just, it was ridiculous. Yeah. They threw a couple Frankenstein scars. And it was like, you know, we don't, we don't need Gary Old, uh, Goldman from Hannibal, you yeah. know. But we, you know, we want something. Because, <laughs> because, <laughs> because Paul is like, how is the outside going to look? And because he's like, she's like, don't worry, she's stabilized, she's gonna live. How was the outside gonna look? And then they're like, she's gonna look fucked forever. And he's like, can you get me that ring off her finger, please? <laughs> can you slip that off real quick? <laughs> and he's like, I'm out. Because I'm such well, a surprise. My face. Well, you can see the, the gears are just turning in his head. It's like, how long do I have to be with her before I can dump her and not look like an asshole? So he's just like, he's just thinking, like, how many days? But she's, guys, she's she's ruined. She's not Paul Kersey Cur- worthy anymore. I I wanted right. to bring up, you know, there there were back in the jazz club scene, there was no chemistry between Olivia and Paul. But when Olivia is in the bathroom, Paul and Tommy are locking eyes, making like pouty faces and everything at <laughs> yeah. each other. And I was like, there's more chemistry between these two. Well, we learned violence gets Paul hot. Yeah. So, so yeah. So yeah. I, I I had to bring that back. Oh God, that and I I do love that the doctor was just telling him about Can how. Always point out that no doctor has any bedside manner. Yeah, I was, was get... like, she's fucked. Oh, right. Get away. I was just gonna say again in the fifth. <laughs> this is like the complete set. Five for five. Death wish doctors are fucking rude. Just straight. <laughs> she even says, "I'm not gonna shit with with you here, dog. I'm just gonna give it to you." Her face fucked. And then she is saying this to 73-year-old Paul Kersey's face is desperate need of moisturizer. And she this actress deserves an award because she delivers that line perfectly. She she went along with it oh so well. Anyway. Pretty rough. So pretty rough. <laughs> the cops finally show up. Of course, after the crime, they show up. Yeah, and this is where we see we get the old hardened cop and the sexy Asian sidekick. When Freddie bashed her face okay. in, he told her like, "You won't be testifying now, will you?" Right. Okay. And uh, these, sorry, these cops that show up though, uh, the not the crusty old cop, but the uh, hot younger Asian lady cop. Um, she is, yes. without question, the most fashionable person in the entire film. Um, and she's just there like in a black turtleneck and her you know shoulder holster or whatever you call those and uh and she's infinitely uh more model worthy and more fashionable than any of the other characters including every single one of the fashion models and the designer herself sorry i just i had to i had to get that in there i think i I don't want to spoil it but we need to leave some room for the runway show later but yeah for Uh, for streetwear she's definitely on top so the da shows up too, and vasquez 
and Paul. And Paul's like, they, right. they, they go, hey, it was Freddie Flakes. We know it's that guy, but our hands are tied. We can't do anything. We're cops. We're useless. Yeah. And- <laughs> this actually is a Mickey character in the movie. That So I'm not too far off, but I will not refer to a Chariri or whatever I was saying earlier. <laughs> so many bad C names that are coming out of my mouth. But yeah, we finally get to meet the detective and the lieutenant. Yeah. Right. And we learned Tommy O'Shea came up through the Irish mob. Even worse, Irish people. Ugh. So and and yet they and hang he, out in an Italian. And he hires, yeah. What's that? Like he doesn't hire his own people because all those guys' underlings are fucking Italian. Yeah, what's up with that? They even have Come an Italian, an Italian front. Yeah, I don't like that. Tommy. <laughs> That's really interesting that they were just like mobs and Italians. You know, they go. Well, they, they, well, they, yeah, they do it the best, <laughs> and they make good cannolis. But we, he came up from the street Irish street gangs, and now he's just. He's <laughs> they, no, they were shit. He's running everything. Well, that's why the, the the restaurant was so bad. Like, remember, yeah. she was like going to go out of business. Yeah, she was going out of business, and uh, w- w- never mind. We'll get there. We'll get there. Oh my <laughs> we'll god! See, it. there's too much to talk about. In Basically, movie. like every fucking Death Wish movie, our hands are tied. We can't do anything. Maybe you need to do anything. You need to do something. Yeah, wink. strong wink. Yeah. So they 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 give him the name Friday. So now Paul's got a name in his mind that he needs to go for. He already knows about Tommy, and he's going to be starting to do his. He also knows about Chicky. Yes, Chicky. <laughs> he's going to start gathering evidence on everybody. You know, classic death. Well, starting in Death Wish Four, where he's going around and scoping. Yeah, but he's out. he's a pro now. Remember in the first movie, like he could barely hit a guy right? with a succulent corpse. Right. Yeah. And so he goes home. And he immediately he's, he's hearing all the conversations with Olivia just right. playing through his head. <laughs> because remember, we're idiots, so we have to have it like played over again. What we just saw five minutes ago. This is the same Death Wish movie. <laughs> we're doing the same Death Wish plot, and they're still reminding us. Remember, Olivia got hurt, and he's upset about it. Right. He goes to his his uh like like everybody. He has a safe behind a painting. He yeah. opens it up, and but instead of money, he's got he's got a sweet sweet gun. Yeah, and he's just rubbing it against his crotch. He's like spinning, getting into it, spinning the the chambers and everything. Yeah, just and hearing it uh, click, it's so satisfying. He's oiling it, and he's just like, I feel like I'm at home again. Yeah. Uh, so we know Paul is back. All right, and we go back to the factory to meet one of the greatest characters in this movie, Reg. We're going to see Reggie again, Murray, and they beat him up the other night. And now they're back to finish off the job. Because Reggie. I also want to point out, we did learn also with the cops that they were like, there must be a leak somewhere. How did they know that Olivia was going to, you know, yeah, testify. testify? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's important. We got to put that tidbit in there. Yeah. Right. And so now we, we're going back to the factory. We got Reggie again working the, 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 the midnight shift. And um, only guy working there. The only guy. Absolutely. And so, of course, Tommy's going to come in with all of his guys. <laughs> this whole thing is just oh why why is Reggie working there alone? But it's it's just for him to get murdered. So they come in and they're in, they're messing with him again, and uh, they they're trying he to ratted somebody they, out yeah, they, or something. I don't even know who they were, what information they were trying to get. Well, he didn't have any. Yeah. So, but what information would they get? I don't know. Because maybe that he was going to testify. I don't know. Maybe they were just getting paranoid because he'd seen a lot of shit. You'd see them almost kill Al. That's true. Maybe, maybe, that had to be it. That had to be it. 
Why are we even getting this scene? <laughs> because we needed a scene where they had a press, like an iron, like, <laughs> and put his hands in it. Oh, Taffy, is this something that would actually be in a <laughs> shop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's not unlike what you would see at a dry cleaners. It is a, a press, and that is reasonable uh, uh, to have in that environment. Yeah, yeah. Not the mannequins, though. The mannequins have no <laughs> business being there and make absolutely no sense. The vat of acid makes oh no God. sense. But, um, but yeah, that press is actually uh, fine. And um, the honestly, the only thing that uh, I could see that was incorrect about that is when they they shove him in there. Um, uh, he would have been burned way more badly, uh, way worse, uh, immediately. Uh, the, I think they put his hand in first before they put his face in when you pull out and look at it, he should have been blistered immediately and badly, badly, badly burned. And with the face thing, you're not just walking away from that because, um, Jesus, those things are crazy hot um and the the steam on them is uh uh really just it's it's bonkers and there's no um there's no way he would have walked away from that uh so yeah uh uh kind of weird um but that that's that's legit to have been there i'm thinking that i don't know who pitched the movie if it was golan or it was a goal it was golan golan I don't know if he just walked through a sweatshop or something. It was just like, I can imagine so many murders happening in here. And a vat of acid over here. That had to be the inspiration. Uh, I bet he actually really saw a vat of acid. That would feel pretty that stupid. That... They've never been anywhere near garment manufacturing or runway shows. And that this is just like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's probably like this, right? Um, Like, there's no... Yeah, there's no connection to the reality of it, for sure. It's just sort of uh, what one might imagine if you were completely unfamiliar with it. Right. So they shoot him. Put him yeah. out of his misery. That was that was nice of them. Because yeah. fucking steam burns? Oh, God. And I think Chicky so Lee does some like one-liner. I forgot. It was not... It was probably a Kojak line. Oh, I just slapped that motherfucker. <laughs> so then we see Big Al. He's ready to test. He's ready to go undercover with a wire. Yeah. We got the sexy Asian uh, cop, and she's like, you know, it's a pen wire. Yeah. And she puts it in his little, little no pocket protector, by the way. I mean, that's, that's not smart. And he's like, he's, he's so he's going to meet up with uh, Sal and Chicky, right? Yeah, that was it. So because uh, all they do is, I guess, go around and uh, shake people down for protection. Money. Yeah, as he's being fit with the pen wire, Paul and Saul and Chicky around, and they're like showing up to banks and just like pushing people around. Where's our money? Where's our money? And uh, you just got Paul just like, just scum of the earth. I'll get these guys. Right. <laughs> now we get a nice scene. It's a little foreshadowing, which are Chicky's just shoving cannolis down his throat. They, they're leaving like a, a Italian restaurant, and he's just cramming t- cannolis down his throat. Yeah, yeah, he's he's always stopping in to grab cannolis at that. Uh, he loves that cannolis, one, yeah. great. And then he meets up with Al. Al's got his wire on, and we we get a very tense scene. I was sweating for this scene. Girl. Yeah, we're back in the alley behind, and Al Al walks up to Sal and uh, Chicky, and he's like, "Hey guys, uh, is that new laundry coming in today?" Laundry? No, we got rid of it. Got rid of it? What do you mean you got rid of it? Haven't you heard of donating, L? It's called charity. It's called giving back to the community. 
God, you're such an idiot. I'm gonna I'm gonna write this. I'm gonna spell it out for you with this. Ooh, I was like, oh my god, don't take that pen. And the, you got two. And the close up of, of it. <laughs> did that not get? Was that did that tension get you, Taff? It really didn't. Um, you know, it's so funny because I am not a, a person who operates from a place of subtlety. Uh, I know that that's shocking to those of you who know me, but uh, I, I don't. And even this was so unsubtle that it was pissing me off. Like, you might as well have had, like, a, a laser sight around the pen. You could have had a spotlight on it. it it's all just so badly done. Um, Maybe it a radio antenna every out of it. Day. Yeah. Oh, Feedback coming yeah. off yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, unsubtle in the extreme. So he pulls out the real pen. Yeah. But he's been made. They know something's up. He's acting weird. Oh, yep. for sure. And so yeah. Al, Al starts walking away. And Taffy, I'll set this up for you. And uh, you can go ahead and deliver us the home run. <laughs> But Al starts walking very fast down the uh, the alley, and uh, Lisa or Janice—he is a big guy—and uh, Janice, whoever wired him up, realizes he's fucked. So she's she was apparently parked like three miles away because she was sprinting her ass off, and she's yeah. trying to catch up with Al because she realizes he's in danger. She heard that conversation. Even she felt the the obvious non subtlety of it all, yeah. and so she's she's running after L, and L walks into the street. And Taffy, please <laughs> take it from there. Oh my god! Okay, this actually made me really happy, and I was uh, I was this yeah this was the entire wonderful. time. Um, again, you see what's going to happen, and you know in your soul exactly what's going to happen from a mile away um he is walking things start to get a little slow-mo about it the car comes up on him he is hit by the car okay well we expect that mm -hmm. but this big giant moose of a man is thrown by this car <laughs> through like over a sidewalk and through a plate glass window into, was it a restaurant, I think, or a shop? Anyway, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, through this giant window, and we get to see all of it happen in slow motion, and it is great. Now, I will say this. I am legitimately and unironically a huge fan of good old-fashioned stuntman-ass stunts. Yes. I like seeing people fall from buildings. I want to see them on fire, walking around. I love a big bar fight kind of a thing. I want people going through windows. I love stuntman-ass stunts. And so this was really a lot of fun to see, um, you know, because we get the whole old-fashioned stuntman deal there. Nothing CGI about it. Just a big guy going through a giant window. And it was really, really, really fun. Um, and it was in so slow motion, too. Maybe the thing... Yeah. So much slow motion. Yeah, it was it was very it was, much slowed down, so you could really take it in. Did you think <laughs> it was that, a little overkill when the doves went flying out there? I thought that was a little overkill. <laughs> I mean, get the John Woo touch. John yeah. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> I just love that physics suspended for that moment because he gets hit, like, right. in the waist, and he turns yeah. and pops Flies out. Up. Like, yeah. 
it was it was so amazing. Griffin, like, you saw Faces of Death. You know that can happen. That actually happened in Faces. <laughs> God of damn death. it! Shut up with your Faces of Death. Gravity, oh, gravity does not work that way. Uh, uh, like momentum, physics, that kind of thing. None of it works like that. Uh, and yet, I loved seeing it happen. <laughs> the world would be a better place if it did. And so just as all of this is happening, it is Lisa. She's rounding the corner just to see it happen. She gets out in front of the car that is hit uh, uh, L, and we, we've identified that it is Fred driving the car. We can tell because the wig's falling off his head. Right. And so she stands her ground because apparently ground. New York is a right. standard ground state. And she starts shooting at him. And, uh, and what was up with all the sparks flying off the car? I don't know. That was man. a little overkill. Oh like, why would there be sparks flying off a headlight? Another ten thousand dollars, right yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, a '90s movie. Sparks for everything, you know. And now they would CGI those sparks. Oh, it really, that's even worse. They would have CGI that beautiful guy going through the window too. That would have been terrible. Right. She so gets hit by the car I, though. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no. Forgive I, me. But uh, yeah, when no, she gets I was, hit by the I car, um, my it. love of stuntman stunts uh, kind of uh, goes through the window a little bit because um, yeah. she, uh, you know, she gets hit. We we really see it. It is, in fact, a very good stunt. Uh, the one uh, it is not a dummy thing. It is a really good stuntman stunt um, when she gets hit by the car. But they didn't use a woman for the stunt um they used a dude in a wig and it was uh, like that scene in blade runner um where uh you know it's like uh, you're buying into everything everything's good and then the stunt happens and it is just fully a dude in a non-matching wig like a non-matching body a non-matching wig they didn't even try um uh and so that was uh, that was a little a bit annoying about it but it was it was pretty impressive other than that yeah everything about that stunt is wonderful and all this is happening and could have made a better climax but instead we get an awful climax to end this movie the middle the like first two thirds pretty good (laughs) The fact that how they did that stunt too, because she gets hit when the car, the driver does like a Tokyo drift and butts into her with the back end of the car as it's like turning the night. It was really cool how they did that. That was just, that was just awesome. And just as Lisa turned the corner to see Al die, Paul turns the corner to see Lisa die. And so he comes over. Hello, are you dead? Yeah, it's like the end of Romeo and Juliet up in here. <laughs> Speaking Shakespeare. Speaking Hamlet. <laughs> oh, so Paul goes back to the hospital. Right. He's going to get confronted by Hoyle again, who is going to tell him, "Paul, this is not this is not a go ahead to return to your old ways. You got to stay away from that life, Paul. You got to settle down." Is that is that little Chelsea girl? She needs help. Right. You're... Let the law do its job. He's like, people get killed because the law doesn't know what it's doing. How long have you been ta- chasing Tommy O'Shea anyways? 16 years, Paul. 16 years. And, and a, Paul is just dead. like, ah, rump. <laughs> a rump. A rump. A rump. He just storms out. <laughs> so we get more scenes of Paul snooping on Chicky again. He's 
stopping to buy more cannolis, just fucking shoving them in. These aren't mini cannolis. These are legit eight inch (laughs) cannolis, like three inch circumference. These are big old bastard cannolis. And he's just, just why the the restaurants are making any money. He's eating all the fucking cannolis, man. Yeah. Those are expensive. I spent $3 for those cannolis per cannoli, you know? So Paul, yeah, he's doing his detective work. He's, he's following all the henches. And then he's like, oh, I got to go pick up uh, my monster of a fiance now. <laughs> and we see what a monster she looks like. Oh, my God, Griff. I, was, I, I just love what it she, was literally like a cat scratched her face. When, when, okay, she gets in the car and he drives her home. And please, like, she's got her collar up. It looked like they had, like, Invisible Man bandages <laughs> on her face and shit. She had sunglasses totally. on and everything. Okay, I, I thought yeah, I was seeing that. It was not much of you know an injury like we said before um uh not terrible at all and it, it made me think of um ryan reynolds in deadpool where it's like oh he's disfigured beyond belief it's so horrible but really no that's just a cute guy with like a minimal amount of effect makeup on and with her like uh, like a little bit of lip liner making some lines on her face it's my god she's not disfigured <laughs> she's fine she's totally yeah. fine it would have healed perfectly fine the worst yeah. way she'd have like some it like would've. light scarring that you wouldn't yeah. even notice you know maybe a cat scratch or something I mean, or could they have just put like a patch on her eye or something to make it anything. look disfigured no no there you go i, I yeah, I just loved when she was in her invisible man outfit and she's so fragile saying paul don't look at me get me <laughs> it's like you you're dating a 73 year old man well she is a bit of a narcissist just pictures of her all <laughs> over that, the house that is true yeah. she does love okay herself. that is really weird i mean i i don't i mean i guess i have baby pictures of me around or whatever but like to have fully like glamour shot pictures of you all over your own house that's norma desmond yeah. territory there it's fully weird I did find my graduating photo from high school, and I put that up in my bedroom because it's just too funny to me. Wait, wait, so she wait, just, wait, wait. You put that in your bedroom? Oh. I mean, you, it's... Oh, you need help. <laughs> it's not up in my visible right. bedroom. <laughs> okay, okay. You wouldn't walk in my room and be like, oh, he's got a picture of himself over his bed. It's like the tiny okay, little wall, wallet photo stuffed into my closet. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, you'd Sorry, have to really be flipping through my records if you if you found that bastard. So uh, she just grabs him and says, Paul, please, don't leave me. Take care. If anything happens to me, take care of Chelsea. Please take care of Chelsea. Why is it? Does every, nobody in movies has aunts, uncles, grandparents. It's like huh. kids are just going to be right? orphans. Yeah. What's up with that? Like this, this guy, we don't know how long they've been dating. Two to five years? Uh, I mean, like, there's no extended the, family that could take her. Good lord! No, right? I believe it was. Uh, I can't remember the exact words Mr. Burns used to explain how to be incredibly successful in life. But it's like you got to slay the three demons that weigh everybody down: family, religion, communities. You got to f- say fuck it to all of them. So maybe she said, "Get out of my life, family. I'm going to be a big uh, designer." Okay, so. And so she's worried. She doesn't want Tommy to get a hold of her daughter and corrupt her. And he's just like, there, there's like lightly patting back for it. There, there. Well, he's baby. 73. He has no idea how no. to emote or anything yeah. like that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I love Bronson, but he was oh, not known for his emoting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, he tells Olivia, 
All right, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna call up uh, Hoyle's the DA. Hoyle. Yeah. Hoyle. He's gonna call up Hoyle and tell him that she's not gonna testify anymore. She can't do it. You know, this everyone's getting too close to her. And he tells Olivia, "Listen to me. I think go along with what I'm doing because I'm pretty sure his phone is bugged." And he calls Hoyle up. Hello. Somebody just threw a bug in there like the last, last <laughs> oh, movie. Jesus. <laughs> It's even worse than that, actually. We see what it, yes. what's going on, and it's even worse than that. Vasquez is over at Hoyle's. Yeah. And he's just looking furtively everywhere, and, you know, and, and uh, the wife is just like, Vasquez, first of all, Vasquez is an ugly muck motherfucker, and he's like, I got a friend for you. Oh, no, no, you're, you're going too far. You're going Am too I? far. They're at the office. Oh, still. they're at the office. Yeah. Okay. And he calls him up, tells him Olivia won't be testifying. And, you know, Afterwards, Olivia's like, why did you do that? Of course, I'm still going to testify. And he's like, the phone is bugged. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Vasquez is like listening. He's like, he's like, in the, like outside. Okay. Yeah. So, every yeah. time we, we hang up the phone in between these conversations, you hear that there's a click. And then Hoyle sits there dumbfounded on the phone. He does this four times in the movie where he's sitting there like, why is he quitting on me? And then he hears a second click. In this scene, he's like. He looks to his side like that was weird. There was two clicks, and then he finally hangs up the okay. phone. Before we can really let that set in, as if we didn't figure out what might have been happening there, since Bronson explained it to us, and then Hoyle <laughs> sold it for us as well, <laughs> like really beating us over the head. Um, we go back to Chicky. He's in an alley. He's beating a woman in a fur coat. <laughs> asking where his money is. <laughs> yeah, that's all they do. Oh, and so Paul, of course, is snooping on him. That's how we're seeing it. And um, finally, Paul heads over to inform Hoyle and uh, Vasquez. And this is, uh, okay. in fact, when they're at the house. Yeah. And they got the little rascal up there. He's drinking the nice 2%. Or, excuse me, the skim milk. The non-fat. The no. non-fat that, milk. That's for you, Joe. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Vasquez, it's like the wife's always trying to hook Vasquez up with some of her friends. And he's like, I don't know, you know. Yeah, and he's like, no prize. all the girls you send my way, eh, <laughs> eh. And then the okay. doorbell ring. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, uh, in reflecting on this this scene in the kitchen, this lovely little bit of domesticity, it occurred to me, what the fuck? Because that was a nice ass house. This is a beautiful kitchen. This is a big house. It's really gorgeous. Um, do DAs make that much money? I think the fuck not. What 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 exactly is happening here? Did she come maybe. for money? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't maybe. know how we justify it, but uh, uh, it's way too nice of a pad for for this DA. Um, those granite countertops and shit. I don't know. I don't. I don't buy were, it. Were they were they granite? <laughs> or were they cement? Uh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's a red herring. Are we like we're like thinking? Is the DA the one that's like talking to Tommy? See, maybe that's why. Yeah. Oh. It actually yeah. being subtle for a change. And when the doorbell rings, Vasquez's like, you, you son of a bitch, if you try to hook me up with another one of your slut friends, just using all this potty mouth in front of the skim milk drinking child. You shouldn't, shouldn't be talking <laughs> like that. Yeah. And Hoyle excuses himself very kindly. You see, I thought the kitchen was cool. I didn't like the house. It just looked like a McMansion to me. Um, yeah. And still he goes over to answer... Have. Hey, if you're, you know, I, I guess they're kind of like lawyers, and lawyers I'm, make money, right? They are lawyers. Yeah, I'm going with with the wife comes from money. 
Yeah, that's okay. My, that's my backstory. Okay. The kid had a rich kid's bowl cut, too. So <laughs> that's how you knew money. So, it's, and it's Paul at the door. <laughs> and Paul, he's got his leather on, the, pol- the collar popped. He's ready to roll. He's like, hey, Olivia is going to testify. I just wanted to tell you, Olivia will testify. Olivia? <laughs> I wish he could wink, but you see the folds in his face. There's, he's, he can't wink because you can barely see his eyes already. And then he's like, yeah. and then like Coyle's like, yes. He's like, well, I will get security. Don't worry about it. He rushes up to Vasquez. Stop with my wife's horror friends. We got to get Olivia's going to testify. We need to send McDonald to go watch her. And he's just like, hmm, interesting. I can do that for you. So yeah. We're like, oh, something's up. And again, this is where he goes back to Olivia, back at Olivia's house. And she is still just staring into the mirror, like just depressed at her little scratches. And she's like, I can't, I I'm can't. I'm a monster. How can this man love me? <laughs> when, you say, yeah. when I hear I'm a monster, all I can think about, uh, uh, you will not know this reference because won't. it's Arrested Development. But all I can think of was Buster Bluth when he got a claw and he would constantly get caught on shit and be like, I'm a monster. That's all I could think of yeah. is she was just going so over the top with this. But she she's freaking out. Paul doesn't know what to do. And thank the fucking heavens. It's just like in Death Wish 4 when his girlfriend was like, Paul has been two years. And then the phone rings. <laughs> now he's got to try to show some empathy. And the fucking doorbell rings. Like, I better get that. Say by the goddamn bell. Paul has been coasting in life. And it's a very familiar character we know. But Paul doesn't really know. It's, this, Fre- it's Freddie Flakes. This is a good setup. And he's, he's, he's a master of disguise, it- as we've learned. I mean, you got two shady-looking figures looking out. You got your backs to the door. But they're putting their hand up to their ear. and That looks official. Yeah, yeah, that looks official. And they had suits on. Would you answer the door for these folks? He had a badge. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) You would see the dandruff and be like, fuck that. You know what? You're just like Paul, because Paul senses our thing. Something's wrong about the deal. Olivia, run! Yeah. And then she just runs to the roof for some fucking. Did she go to the back door and it's like they get in or something? Okay, he look, says, I don't know. Go to go the ahead. fire escape, which confounded yes. <laughs> me because a fire escape is like you know more of an urban kind of a thing, and and this weird townhouse situation. I don't know. It just did not seem like the thing. Yeah, I saw. Well, there wasn't a there was not a fire escape was in not. this movie. She went out through a skylight eventually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she went. <laughs> well. I. She goes to the roof, and then the guys just come in with machine guns and just fucking firing off. Paul, like you want to talk about bad stuntman? We got a classic like Captain Kirk stuntman yep. for Paul. <laughs> yeah. This guy with a fucking bad a gray wig, and he's like diving <laughs> and shit. <laughs> and <laughs> Olivia like runs to. The, she runs to the roof. She, I, okay. If she made Which a beeline a for the skylight, she exits. Yeah. It is an incredibly it's, it's strange the stupidest choice. choice. It's the worst choice. If you, if you have a fire escape, you can escape, but she didn't have one. I, okay, okay. So she doesn't make. I a, think Paul was trying to get rid of her because he's like, I can't be with this woman. So he's just like, go to the fire escape. I don't. Maybe she's she confused. stopped at a room to get like, uh, you know, maybe the engagement ring or something. She t- <laughs> took it off because she wasn't sure if she. She should let Paul marry a monster like herself. So I, I, I don't. She did not make a beeline. We got Bronson diving all over the place. These guys can. These, they are total uh, uh, GI Joe lasers everywhere. <laughs> Nothing's right. hitting. Right. And how is and nothing then she, hitting? 
Like, how is nothing hitting? Uh, They're the worst shots I've ever seen. They're like stormtrooper level bad. I don't understand mm-hmm. how he wasn't dead a hundred times over because they had a million guns. They were all shooting and they were all missing wildly. Well, this Bronson's yeah, I'm, like a cat. I'm sure Bronson brought you right back into the illusion when he got into that bedroom and the lights are off and there's just, there's just moonlight coming in. Beautiful John DeHart scene right here. And you know, it's like they had they had to get through a French door. It's just windows. And they were like blowing the fuck away. It's like, this yeah. is kicking in. Like, why are they wasting their bullets? I, yeah, I really real. didn't get it. It's just fun. It's fun to shoot shit. <laughs> it like, is, I mean, yeah. come on. And so Paul hides in this room and there's a mirror. And the goon is, uh, I don't remember if it was Saul or Chicky. I think it's Chicky, but I don't know. Ch- I, I didn't notice the sucker, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> or cannoli. <laughs> or cannoli. <laughs> so Chicky sees the reflection and just unloads on it for five minutes. After he realizes he has not hit anything, he just, like, moves on. Not like oh, I'll We, we learned room. a lesson, too, because he's at Olivia's. No guns. Oh, I didn't think about right. that. So that's why he's, like, in, in deep shit, you know. Yeah. And so she gets to the roof. Does Freddie like to shoot her? Freddie noticed her as no. she's climbing up through the skylight. And he's like, hey, you guys stay here. I'm going to go get her. And so Freddie gets up there. Olivia Taking got her slow initial. motion running. What's that? Oh, I just said that Freddie was taking the initiative there. Oh yeah, he like I like him as a villain because he kept his goal. He kept his priorities in order. They needed to get rid of Olivia. He wasn't worried about killing a seventy-three-year-old man. Should have been. He should have been apparently, but <laughs> yeah. he went after the target. So I, I good job, Freddie. You know, and he hits her, and she falls off the roof and thud right on. And it right, Paul like is like right next to the window, yeah. sees it. Yeah, again, he was in that room with the mirror that just got shot. The guy was like, he can't possibly be in that room. That was a mirror. He's got to be somewhere else. This man is a magician. It's David okay. Copperfield. Right. So, yeah, the thud happens. It's a midnight thud right outside on the balcony. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> and Paul goes over to check on her. And I don't even remember if she gets parting words. I don't think she does. Yeah, I think I think she just dies. Maybe like, don't forget to put the milk in the fridge. And then somehow he winds up on the roof himself. Well, it was the balcony, and then there was like a step down, and then he jumped again. I, I don't of, know. A lot of odd architecture in this movie. Hey, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, he just does a swan dive <laughs> off of the roof. Well, they finally <laughs> figured out where he was. <laughs> and thankfully, we're in New York, which is just a filthy hellhole. So there's trash everywhere. <laughs> he <lands> on homeless <laughs> people, trash, trash. It <laughs> lands on a homeless person. Don't worry. And then the cops finally show up. I guess because they were just shooting off a million bullets. The cops show up. Freddie and uh, Sal and Chicky get away. Yeah. Cops finally show up. Then uh, is there another like, where were you? No, no. Paul Paul just skitters into the alleys with the homeless people or something. And the next day we come to, it's the morning. Paul's back at his house. And we get a scene where we see O'Shea skates like he was arrested, but they had nothing on him again. So he's oh, just, really? Yeah. So he just walks out of like the police station, like laughing. We're, we're about to get that because yeah. uh, as yeah. we're. Oh, excuse me. I had a burp in that silence. Okay. It worked out. Um, so as <laughs> should have pointed it out. Uh, so as um, we're seeing the exterior and now Paul's house has all kinds of security in front of it. And we're hearing the TV being played, and you hear Tommy O'Shea leaving, you know, some court case or something, and that's what we're hearing yeah, about. Is this where, uh, where Bronson's jogging? 
No, 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 not yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're just hearing about how they were trying to get him. They're like, what are you going to do now? Now that you're a free man or whatever, you know, you're just accused of crime. And he's like, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to go fishing. I want to point out that Chelsea is handling the death of her mom very well. She's just chill. She's like, I'm with Paul. I don't really care. Totally. I don't unfazed. know what this. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know what she saw behind the scenes at those fashion shows, but she, <laughs> she looks about as, uh, as sick, sickly as, uh, Paul's daughter from Death Wish 1 and 2. No. No? Not quite? No. She still has a little life in her eyes? Well, I, this, this girl's not a very good actress, so she's just kind of just staring <laughs> off into space, you know? I mean, she does have, like, what? Three three lines? Paul! Yeah, Paul! <laughs> they're, they're all Paul. <laughs> it's just Paul. And uh, But she's, she's like, I'm with Paul. I don't care. This yeah. is where I want to be. Hey, you know? she she went on to be in Goosebumps and... <laughs> and uh, what's it called? A um, Kids in the Hall movie. Brain Candy? Yeah. I saw that. I saw that in Tacoma. I, I saw that in Tacoma, Washington, with my sister. Oh, and it was I was in three people. Oh. That movie bobbed big time. Was it good? It was, yeah, yeah, I liked it. it. Yeah. yeah, I got. I I, I, I watched too. their. I watched their movie that came out in like the early two thousand. Uh, we we, we, we comes to we, something. We still laugh about Cancer Boy. I love Cancer Boy from. There. I gotta <laughs> watch this now. I yeah. love Kids in the Hall. All right, but uh, so uh, yeah, she's fine. Paul is like God. Damn this! These law and order shit. We can't get anything done. Yeah, Hoyle comes back over. He's knocking. He's like, "Hey, Paul, I really got to get you." And then he sees Chelsea there, just staring at a wall. <laughs> and he's like, "Chelsea, you okay? I'm really sorry about your mom." She doesn't even turn to notice, <laughs> acknowledge his existence. Right. And Paul is just like, "Look, get your guys and walk." Well, he's like, "Yeah, he's like, Paul, we need you to testify. The yeah. law does work." Every- I tried it. It doesn't work. Well, yeah, and he says every time you guys try to get closer to him, more people around me die. Right. So, Which no. is really projection because anyone around Paul Kersey dies. We've yeah, learned that. Paul has a history. <laughs> yeah. And we actually see a character come back from Death Wish 2, Rosario. So we're in some weird time loop where Rosario ages appropriately, but Bronson. So you're telling she didn't face. die. I feel so much better now because we didn't really know if she died in death. Yeah, that was Rosario. Okay, that's great. Yeah. So a little tidbit for anybody that, who keeps track of death. That's for you too, too Joe. <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah, he's very concerned about. He's Rosario. just fed up with the system. He's like, I have to take like 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 a good American. We need to take the law into our own hands. Yeah. So Tommy, we're back at his house. How did you feel about Tommy's? Uh, uh, a super apartment? What was that? Um, is this the I glass mean, block situation? This was not Freddy's place. I think you're thinking of Freddy's oh, place. Oh, I'm thinking of Freddy's place, yes. Yeah, Sorry. Freddy's place was pretty cool. Yeah, okay, part. I'm just trying to pick through the interiors. Like I'm I'm clicking through all of the interiors <laughs> in my head and and Yeah. He he had uh like the wraparound sofa, he had a little baby harp in the one corner and the a painting oh, of Abraham yeah. Lincoln. <laughs> is there somebody, somebody in a leopard print? <laughs> I did see a leopard print bodysuit. Yeah, yeah, on hands and knees. Yeah, you know, and th- this is where he had the big L couch. Yeah, yeah, it was okay for a villain's lair. I mean, I wasn't completely opposed to it. Um, I think that that's a fine. Uh, like, there were a lot of really fun um, uh, bits of home decor there. I was a little surprised it wasn't flex. Stoned. Do you remember Flexstone? 
Okay, baby, do you remember Flexstone? Okay, so Flexstone is basically this stuff that um, is an early 90s thing. You see it in a lot of Tim Burton movies. Uh, like in Beetlejuice, the whole interior of the house is Flexstone. So it, it's sort of a granite-looking affair, and I expected to see more of that in there. Um, it's a, it's an okay villain pad. I, I'm down with it. Uh, that couch did look comfy. I kind of <laughs> kind of want to snuggle up on that couch a little bit. That's one thing he, he loved sold. it too. He'd he kicked those sold. shoes off and just sat in he there. He sold the hell out of that couch. Yeah. He was always just curling yeah. up like a little baby into that thing. Like he looked so comfy. He would have been happy during COVID. He'd be like, I'm just gonna chill on my couch all day. But he's got some good news. He's getting full custody of Chelsea. Right. And shocker. He's got a You're not gonna give it yeah. to her boyfriend? Yeah, a- after <laughs> Olivia left uh point. <laughs> <laughs> After I want to be with Paul. That was another one of her lines. <laughs> After Olivia you delivered left it him, better there than she did. So, oh, that's why we're, that's why we're pros. I'm surprised you didn't get the goose goosebumps roll. You would have been great in that. I would, yeah. A teenage Tim Murray with his black flag jeans that on. Was black flag jeans? Well, you wrote black flag and blue <laughs> jeans. I put the picture up. Yeah, I don't always. It was a character that. from Death Wish Four, and I called it Baby Tim Murray. He had eyeshadow. <laughs> Ear piercings, nose Just piercing. Just like me, perfect. Blue jeans, and then he wrote in like nail polish on his jeans, black flag with the four bars. You got me totally. That was totally me. <laughs> and I was like, that's that Tim Murray. Yep. Uh, where were we at? <laughs> where are we at? So we were talking about how oh Tommy my God, has got... Where are we? <laughs> so I was going to breach the fact that after Olivia left Tommy, she he settled down with the woman younger than Olivia, Maxine. Yeah. And Maxine is just, you know, kind of ditzy. She's in her own world. And she's not, I, she doesn't seem to be too happy to be with Tommy. And Tommy comes down. She's like, hey, I got full custody of my child. That's pretty cool. And Maxine's like, I thought you hated Chelsea. And he's just like, what's wrong with you? He's always mad at Maxine. I feel, I feel really bad for Maxine. Okay. So he goes to pick up Chelsea. That's right. Paul's getting ready. He's jog. I thought we were in a John Woo movie again, but it's just that's how <laughs> slow uh, Bronson jogs because Gosh. he's just he's doing good for seventy three. I'm I'm probably going to be in a wheelchair yeah. at seventy three. I mean, so shouldn't we all be him. concerned? Like, go ahead, agree, point out the elephant in the room here. When I looked at him, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. When uh, I looked at him jogging, that up for you. All I could think was like, oh no. That elderly man on the ice, surely he will fall and shatter his decrepit bones. Like, it just didn't seem Don't safe that he was jogging, even at that slow pace. Yeah. What I appreciated is that as we zoomed out and see the cop cars rushing by and Paul's awareness of it, you realize he is doing a lap around his house. He was just running around his house. That's all yeah. he was doing. Just training, getting ready. <laughs> I really appreciate that he just doesn't let. Like, weird. Chelsea is probably ghoulishly staring out her window <laughs> doing laps. I want to live with this man, this 73 old man. Cardio is important when you're, you're vigilanteing. Chelsea, do you know about cardio? <laughs> It'll keep you young. Not your face, though. <laughs> no, not your face. Moisturize. Not your face. So oh, O'Shea shows up, and he's just rubbing it in on Paul. He's like, I'm here to pick up my kid. And she's like, I want to be with Paul. <laughs> and he's like, yes, she wants to be with me. And yeah. We, we also have Vasquez there. 
to yeah. oversee the situation, right. make sure it's all going well and everything. They put little Chelsea in handcuffs. <laughs> I don't know why. And Paul is goes toe-to-toe with Tommy. And he's like, I don't know what to tell you, old boy. I'm taking her with me. He'd be like a dad to her because I'm her dad. <laughs> and Paul slugs him. And then he gets bonked on the head by a – they find a stick in the house and just bonk him on the head straight out of Captain Caveman style. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It's called a log. It was a log. It wasn't a stick. It wasn't. It wasn't kindling. No. Oh, okay. No. You think a stick's gonna take out Charles Bronson? Come on. But just to feed into Charles Bronson's ego, he's like, "Fine, you guys can knock me out for a little while, but you have to talk about how good I am." And so Saul hits us. He comes back. He recovers from that punch. We point out this is the one thing we we said we're being spoon fed constantly. There's one thing that does has no payoff. Sal constantly has blood pressure issues. Yes. And he's constantly taking pills for it. Yeah. No payoff, guys. I'm just going to let you know. Spoiler alert. Yeah. No payoff. We, d- we haven't built that up at all yet. So that, <laughs> yes. no, that's good. That's good. His brother's always eating cannolis. He's always eating blood pressure medication. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I love this because he gets knocked down. He com- or, uh, uh, After he had punched Tommy, Tommy recovers, looks dead into the camera. He's got a little blood trickling out of his mouth and goes, that man's quick. He's got great no, cardio. That man's not quick. <laughs> oh my god! The opposite of quick. And, oh jeez. Um, I don't know. I made about this. I don't know if you guys were as captivated as I was, um, because we saw her in the background of one scene, and then she does come to sort of revive him. Uh, revive yeah, Rosario. Uh, here yeah. is the yeah the housekeeper. Um, yeah, Rosario. Uh, the, <laughs> Uh, that housekeeper sorry it's been cutting in and out for me uh but uh i just i wanted like a whole backstory for that that housekeeper i really wanted to know a lot more about what was going on there don't you well you need to see death wish too i have bad yeah i have really bad news for you there because like i would have been happier we were very if you listen to our death wish 2 episode we were very concerned about rosario because she gets knocked the fuck out possibly killed and Paul leaves her on the floor. The cops leave her on the floor. Everybody well, just really, leaves oh her. Brutally raped by Lawrence Fishburne. By Lawrence Fishburne. He says, welcome to the Matrix. <laughs> horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. And then there was a man with no eyebrows. Like, <laughs> the villains in the first two are crazy, colorful. Like, they're way cooler than the mob villains we get in these right, later these ones. Standard issue mob guys. All right, so Rosario has shaken Paul awake. Uh, Mr. Stewart, Mr. Stewart. He always has to have some kind of accent. Yeah. Come on. And then we just fade into a, the, the, the Paul showing up at a little nice Italian bakery. Oh, it's the one he's been staking out because it's Chicky's favorite. I <laughs> remember. old man leather on. <laughs> have you noticed? He's always reading a paper in every movie. Too. Everyone. Yeah. So Everyone. He's reading a paper. And the chickie comes in. Where are the fucking cannolis? Hey, oh, hey. Oh, and I guess it's his. I have and to take a leak. Can we have a more stereotypical, like, Italian grandma that was, like, like working? This must be the sister, I think. But she's, like, has the fucking, like, bun and all yeah, that Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. And, Unless uh, she was an Italian widow, like, draped in black lace, she could not have been more cliche, right? Right. <laughs> Again, this movie's bonking us over the head, you know? It wasn't even like the loaves of bread that were just sitting out just looked like props too. I'm sure they it's were. It's such a front, but like they plastic, had fresh coffee. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Paul goes up. Can I have another cup of coffee? Okay, so this scene is so fucking lucky because, uh, again, I'm sorry to keep going backwards here, but in Death Wish 4, we learned that because Paul was going on spy missions in Death Wish 4, and I said, uh, I explained it as him being Mr. Magoo because he's always fucking up. He always, every Stumbles spy mission, success. every <laughs> spy mission, he trickled upwards. And he's so, always like hit in the can. Exactly. You know, like that. Exactly. Yeah. And so in this scene, he has staked himself in the back. He's using a newspaper. He's got half his face peeking well, there out. There were eye holes in it. Right? <laughs> there <laughs> there was the eye holes in it, of course. <laughs> right. But they were really <sighs> tiny because he's got those tiny eyes. So you couldn't really see it. <laughs> but still, it's weird when a man is. <laughs> Oh, this is so. This scene is so fucking. This is the one in a million. He should have bought a lottery ticket before going into this uh, scene here. Okay, okay, okay. So Chicky comes in. We got Paul in the background. You see him. See him back there, peeking his eyes through the little eye slits. And Chicky is like, "I gotta take a leak." So Paul realizes this is my opportunity, and he walks across. Mama Baker has put out a couple cannolis for Chicky, and she's yelling to him in the bathroom. You got to stop eating those things, man. You you know, you got the metabolism now. You're not going to have the metabolism in a couple of years. He's already like in his early 40s, maybe. And right. she's talking about metabolism. And so, okay. So as he was in the bathroom, Paul crosses by him because all knows Paul's face. So we can't right. be seen. So in that second, he sneaks right by him and he's standing at the counter. Hello, can I get another cup of coffee? And Paul, uh, as Chicky walks out, He's still got his, you know, Paul's got his back to him, but Chicky turns to the right. And thankfully, uh, maybe Paul noticed this in his, uh, his, sco- his uh, stalking of Chicky, but he's a big fan of the New York Times because he sees that paper nine tables into the he back. He likes to do the crossword puzzle. And he goes back. Hey, man, can I get your paper? Yeah. You can have my paper. And then he like literally puts it in front of his face as he comes back. Yeah, so he can't see Paul. And he's slow- but, he see, but he still sees the aisles. That's what I didn't get. Like, you know, yeah, he's slowly walking back. His he's got the tiniest thimble of coffee, and yet it still takes nine hours for for yeah. I, I guess it was an espresso. That's that would make most sense here. He has time to pull out of his magician pocket a tiny little container of powdered cyanide. And dashes okay. it all over so the cannoli. Sprinkles the fuck out with of. him wherever he goes. What is the deal? Like, uh, I had so many questions about that because it makes no sense. Like, e- even for uh, some weird vigilante to to just have some vial of cyanide. He knows him? people. I don't get it. He knows people. <laughs> yeah. oh. So. Oh wow, we had a good pause there. So <laughs> dramatic pause for getting. Yeah. Oh, exactly. This is a very dramatic scene. Paul goes back with this cup of coffee. He's just sipping. He's just loving it, and he's just sitting. Back. He doesn't even have his paper for disguise anymore no. because he, need it. he he doesn't need it. Because uh, as we said, like the first shot, you get to see of Chicky. He's got two cannolis, and he he crams the first one just down his throat. Fucking Kobe, what, who is it? Kobayashi. Yeah, Kobayashi, I was gonna say yeah. he's Kobayashi. He Maybe dunks that's it. Why, that's why he's eating all the cannolis. Yeah. Maybe that's why he's doing that. It's going to be a competitive like a eater. Island uh, cannoli kind of <laughs> Competitive cannoli eating contest. Oh, <laughs> right. God. Those shards of the cannoli Well, show. whatever. He's doing a great job. And then the most overly dramatic death scene I've seen in a long time. I just love when uh, the, right. o- the lady tells him, you're going to turn into a blimp. Yeah, hockey blimp, hopefully. 
<laughs> what? I mean, is that what he said? I didn't know what, what? he said. It was like, 94, so hockey was huge. But he said a hockey blip? A hockey blip. And all I can think of is when I used to go, because I got, I didn't really get to go to Red Wing games, but I went to a lot of the Detroit Viper games. I went to a Viper game once. And they had the blimp that would fly yes, around and drop banners. That. So yeah. I was like, is that what he's talking the about? Pistons used it too. Yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. Mean, that was also at the uh, Silverdome? I or no, the thought about it Pals. more than the writers did, but. 100%. We've put more effort into this episode than the writers put into I this movie. 100%. Yeah. So he's choking out on his yeah. cannolis. Overly dramatic death scene. He's yeah. Just, he's just like spitting it up. And... Uh, old lady. I keep calling her old lady. A shopkeep. She runs out. Oh, help. Help. He's dying. He's dying. And then she just t- takes off down the street. So Paul gets his chance to walk over and deliver a sweet one-liner to him. And the Chicky just turns up, looks at him. He's just spewing up all the cannolis. Yeah. Disgusting. And he just says, I got a problem. And then he slams his <laughs> face down. Yeah. Bronson was not the man with the one-liners. You got a problem. <laughs> and uh, as he's leaving the restaurant or the bakery, we just we have a fixed camera. It's at waist level, and you just see Paul walking, crotch level. You just see that Russell. He's got his first murder of the mojo movie. Back. Yeah, he's, he's getting his mojo back. <laughs> what, you got a problem with old yeah. man erections? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's nature's Viagra. Murder. <laughs> and so... Uh, murder. It's we're, nature's we're, we're at the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're at the funeral for Chicky. Yes. <laughs> Apparently it wasn't popular because there's 12 people at this funeral. Yeah. I thought there were a few more for him. And Freddie, he's well, just talking about his lot. dandruff. Yeah, no, no, this one's full. You're okay. thinking of when. Okay. Uh, the other one for when, uh, Freddie's? I think it was when Freddie died. Freddy. Yeah, Freddie had like 12 Even people. Even Dave left. Foley didn't show up for that one. <laughs> but, so, yeah, so they're at his, they're at his, they're at his funeral. Uh, I think who was it? At, uh, uh, what's his name? Tommy's like stressing, and uh, Freddie's like, let's get some security, man. Yeah. They, oh my god, he's like, oh, Tom, you should really learn a lesson from this about security. Here's the thing: if uh, if Chicky were a little more secure, maybe about his cannolis, maybe about the way he lived his life, he would be fine. And Tommy's just like, I don't want to be like you. You're you're really fucking weird. And he's just like, look, when I'm in my secure dome, I'm like in my mother's womb again. And then Tommy's just like, ugh. He that's stuck in his head though. He because he starts t- he starts joking about Freddie. I mean, like he's in the womb. I found kind of funny. All right, now Tommy's taking over the fashion industry. Or Olivia's fashion industry. Is this this is fashion done right? Right, Taff. I love this collection. Um, uh, I dare say that the chainmail was better than the first, uh, selection of, uh, of, of fashions that went down that runway. Um, I think it's hilarious. Uh, the models were more committed. Uh, I, I really, I, I thought this was fun. <laughs> I, I did. just, I, lo- I love I that love they strippers, showed. So I'm down <laughs> with it. Yeah. I love Doing that the they showed work. the. The one side of the uh, the audience, and they show like the professional side, 
And there's yeah. the dude with the giantess. I had to show it to Murray because apparently he didn't catch it. There's a dude with a huge handlebar twisted. Gene mu- Shallot mustache. Yeah, fucking Love enormous that. mustache. And he was just like, ah. Oh. I know they were like, yeah, the lady. Well, I never. And then she faints. You yeah, know? they're gasping. They're yeah. sweet ladies, uh, southern ladies. So they're all just having the vapors and collapsing. And Sal, his brother just died, but he's got to really, you know, he's like enjoying himself. He's just like As, popping the blood pressure pills. There's one thing we know about the Death Wish series. They handle death very well. They move <laughs> they, right al- they almost wish for it. So they showed that side of the audience, and then they go over to Sal and everybody, and they're, like, loving it. The girls are walking up and doing, like, little ass shakes and everything. They're twerking. Oh. They're doing it all. Oh. They're letting it rain. Tommy's just shitting that dollar <laughs> bills at them and shit. Oh, my God. And so, I guess, according to Taft, Tommy got the he got the fashion uh, thing under control. Yeah. So this is how it should be. <laughs> I really, yeah. I really like this. Now, this is set. fashion. Commando collection. It was wonderful. So, uh, I believe this is when we go. Yeah, we're backstage now. Tommy, he's just, he, you know what? Yeah. I now I'm realizing he just loves furniture because <laughs> he, he loves is, not. He's one of those. He's one of those assholes that loves being barefoot all the time because he loves taking his shoes. His shoes were off in this scene. Yeah, so. I was just gonna say yeah. he's got his shoes. On. I mean, he has socks on, but yeah. he was curled up in that in that little love seat or whatever it was. He was curled up in there. He's got his right. drink. He's got his legs open, and he's like Maxine. And Maxine snaps out of her fog, and she looks over, and she was she was like uh uh fixing up her yeah. pantyhose or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah you okay. get the illusion they'd already yeah. fucked, and then it's like, no, Uh-oh, we've hit a nerve. Taffy, okay. go on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry again with this though. But you no. know, we take that long lingering look of her, um, and you know, this is supposed to be sexy times in his back room there, right? Because he is in fact like sort of laid out on that chaise and and all getting ready for it and we have a look at her and we know what's going to happen but again we're looking at some frumpy ass just pay less shoes and then mm. these thick suntan pantyhose that are the least sexy things ever they're just oh, pantyhose horrible. are the worst they're totally yeah. the worst right right especially yeah, that kind of color yeah. that sort of that sort of right. umbery it, it, it's much too orangey red right you know the kind i'm talking about it's just yeah, uh, it's joyce dewitt in pleased. three's company right um just terrible and so when he can't get it up i'm like yeah i know why you can't get it up dude it's those fucking pantyhose it's terrible yeah, i gotta agree that those are off right i do like Boner how we back Pantyhose are they're awful. No, he, stockings like are great. Beckoned it over. It's like it's exactly. showtime. Uh. <laughs> she comes over. <laughs> we don't get to see the action because they already hit their boob budget, and we didn't need any more creepy nudity in this movie. No, we get more. We get boobs later. Oh yeah, we do yeah, get some yeah. some tit shots. That's right. Yeah. But we go outside. We're just outside the door. We hear loud music pumping, and the in the ruckus of you know all the girls getting ready in their chainmail. You know, I saw Excalibur in the background. You know, they were getting ready to do it. <laughs> the Lady of the Lake throws the sword. Yeah, at, yeah. Uh, yeah it's crazy. but we we got poor little Chelsea, who again is just staring off into to the she's far going far to her happy it's... place inside her head, which is being with Paul at the cab. But apparently, she's right. like uh, telepathic or something because over the music, over the ruckus between walls, between doors, between all of this, and they're on the opposite side of the building he hears uh max single i can't get it up it's just like that last time i could i just it just won't get hard for me and then you hear a slap across the face 
Maxine comes out, hair's a little, you know, messed up. They didn't even, I don't even remember they're trying to like do any kind of makeup to make it look like she was hit in the face or anything. Well, we no. know that when Tommy grabs you, you bruise. We oh, that's that. true. Maybe he just <laughs> grabbed her. The slap right. was, yeah. he yeah. slapped his leg and grabbed her arm. <laughs> pantyhose are torn. It's like, yeah, get out, get the fuck out of here with this pantyhose. And so Here's she, Maxine walks out the door. She's readjusting herself, trying to cool herself down to, you know, face uh, her peers again and everything. And she turns to her right where Chelsea is staring daggers into her face. And then Chelsea turns away. That was intense. That was the <laughs> most intense scene I had in this well, movie. It probably was. Because that was much. weird. If she heard her dad's trouble. Well, we're trying to like say how she, she belongs with Paul. That's what they're trying to explain to us. you know. So This guy's like having I, sex with really women in front of his way. kid. Yeah. yeah. yeah very it's subtle. very subtle. Very subtle. So like he this wasn't going to turn this... her out in five seconds anyway. That's the only reason he wanted that daughter back. Yeah. Oh, God. Whoa. So come on, we, we <laughs> turn your daughter out. What the fuck? Come on. And so this this is what, what blew my mind. <laughs> all right, you're degenerate, but it's all right. Um, we learn thank you. that Vasquez is the one that's on the loose. Yeah, we're not on the yeah. loose. On the take, I should say, because we're loose. going into the next day. He walks into that kick-ass apartment. Was it kick-ass? I don't remember. He slipped his shoes off too. <laughs> well, yeah, Tommy's a stickler for that. Okay, like, and there's a whole the thing off. going on with smells that I didn't get <laughs> at all. I didn't either. It was weird. Okay, I'm glad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They no, thought I, it was yeah. hilarious, but yeah, no one else got it. So, so the writers <laughs> kind of like us. Have... It's a super inside joke from two years yeah. ago. We crack each other up. People are like, what the fuck is what, are what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. So we learned that like Vasquez is on the take. Of course. He's explaining how uh, Paul operates. He's like, he's going to go down the list of your closest guys. You only have four close or three. Two of them. Yeah, two guys. Well, yeah, not correct. left, but yeah. he only had three total. Right. One of them was already taken out, so you have two people to worry about. And Tommy's just like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Well, I don't care. Yeah, he's, he's living dangerous. Why don't you have an M&M over here? <laughs> <laughs> There's an inside joke that only we laugh at. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, so okay, so they were just setting up Vasquez as a rat, and there's, yep. a, there's some tension between him and Tommy, because Tommy can't respect a rat. Yeah. And Nobody this is as rat. he's leaving... We oh, they, just get not even Tommy likes him as he's leaving. That's when Saul and him are throwing around the, the smelly insults. And then Saul does the neck flip thing. He's popping do. a bunch of pills, too, because he's nervous as fuck. Because he's, oh, yeah. he's next on the list. His brother just got killed. My blood pressure's through the roof. And Tommy's just like, cool it, baby. Just calm down. Got nothing <laughs> to worry about. He's a geriatric old man. Let's fall down, break his hip. Guys, we are getting... Into one of the most important scenes. We're getting into the most infuriating fucking. I punched a hole in the wall because of this next scene. <laughs> because this is a continuity problem. Well, no, no, I, we'll explain it. We're going to do a dramatic uh, interpretation of this scene. We were so angry. Oh, I'm very about. excited yeah. about okay. this. Oh, excellent. excellent. Okay, well, it's it's, it's, it's going to be over before you know it. So <laughs> yeah, don't get too. It's kind of like it's kind of like Tommy in bed. So before yeah. you know, it. and okay. so. We, we we get this establishing shot. It's Christmas fucking time. There's Christmas shit everywhere. And Paul's in a toy store. In a toy store. And we see he's playing a little remote control soccer ball. This was never a thing that I'm aware yeah. of. Remember, I just I'm gonna I'm gonna 
I'm going to Menachem Golan you and the spoon feed it to you. Remember, Christmas time. <laughs> now we're going to do the scene. All right. Oh my God. <clears throat> so Paul has uh, taken this soccer ball and the, a gigantic remote control with way too many buttons for this remote control. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, it does have a bomb option. On, you know, so. <laughs> we'll go. We'll go over more of it in a minute here. But so he takes it up to the shopkeep who uh, looks at the ball and he's of course noticing how nice Christmas it is. time. <laughs> how nice it is. <laughs> I'm realizing now why you're pointing out that it's Christmas time. <laughs> right. I okay. 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 Here we go. <sighs> mm. Birthday present? Treat for someone special. How lovely. Won't they be surprised? <laughs> okay. It's fucking Christmas. Why is he saying birthday present? <laughs> right? And seriously... This is a CAPTCHA in the future. This is what CAPTCHA, when you go to sign on to something, it's like identify the blocks. This shopkeep was a CAPTCHA. I don't, I, that's all, he's an android. He was not a human being. That, that scene was too scary. And Paul, the close up his face, and when he says how, or what, what does he say? It's <laughs> he says, someone for, a t- he doesn't say a tweet, he says a tweet. <laughs> For someone special, he goes into Tweety Bird mode. He <laughs> fucking, oh my god! Well, he's like a kid at heart, you know. And he's the lighting store. and how it hits his leathery, fucking puffy, wrinkly face. Oh my god, that whole scene in the soccer ball. Do you have any more comments on that <laughs> scene? Because well, it's just the most unsubtle thing. We there's only one reason for it. Oh gee, soccer that won't come up. Like it's it's so poorly done. It's just. So poorly done. And uh, yeah, and we've spent more thought and effort on it than the writers did at all. Yeah. And it's staggering the level of nonsense. It, it's Whoa. worse even than the vat of acid. <laughs> I love the acid, man. So I, I, I like that. Thinking about yeah, getting a bad acid for the compound. I, I, I got yeah. to. You got to. But uh, we are rounding the corner. We're getting. We're running out of the good material here. This movie is about to get very weak very soon. But we have oh what should have God. been the climax of the movie because this is probably my favorite scene. All right, yeah. so we got the soccer ball. We just ball. stop after this. <laughs> uh, you know what? We're gonna breeze through the last part, so at least we have that for us. All right, oh, so Paul is gonna head my over. Notes I said I had checked out. Yeah, yeah, you did, and you are not wrong. <clears throat> okay. So we get to see I, I can't be probably alone the most interesting. Yeah, no, the most interesting villain in this movie, and he's finally he's out of his disguises. He's he's Freddie Flakes. Yeah, and he's got a nice. Uh, what? Oh, you 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 taught me a new word. Mole was it? M U L L, I believe. I had not heard that word before, and when I was specifically oh. writing the notes about her, I was like, I don't know how to uh, uh, describe her without using very long words. Okay. So I'm very happy to yeah know that. no gangster small like it's a it's sort of more of an old-fashioned uh like you know 1930s gangsters uh kind of a sure. kind of a thing you would you would think that a little bit more but you know gangster girlfriend um I feel like she, she was, was going for that early hairstyle though um a little a bit, and a little bit. she yeah. was definitely uh riffing on the madonna look of the time um in oh, that okay. little bodysuit and the the you know just her weird little outfit and all um not great <laughs> it's not a great look i mean it's better if you're madonna not great on this lady though meaning no offense but so 
they are going to walk into the house, which this is this is the house you really appreciate. It has the well, big... Freddie loved the outfits. Yeah, He's like, I like it. You think I could fit in it? Oh, I was going to get to you, Murray, because yeah. you okay. were very you, yeah. you pointed yeah. this out and I didn't even put yeah. this together. But as they walk into the house, He's asking her, like, that's a wonderful outfit. Like, it hurt? Or what was it? Does it hurt? Or how hard was it to get into or something? Well, he just said, do you think I could fit in it? Yeah, that, okay. And uh, she was like, you wouldn't believe how much this Meanwhile, hurts. he's got, like, leather pants and a Cosby sweater on. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. <laughs> the leather pants. Oh, too much. And they get in the, the it's like a compound. It, it was. Yeah. He walks straight in. Cameras he's, everywhere. He's got he's got a whole yeah. fucking like keyboard in his wall and he's typing out matrix codes and everything. He's locking down the house okay. and he's like he's like Saul and Tommy think that, you know, the guns are gonna save him, but guns don't save people. Alarms do. So he's arming everything. They head into the kitchen. She's like, I gotta get me some wine. He's like, I gotta stay sharp and secure. I'm in the womb now right. you know i gotta keep my mind up he's like i'm gonna have a nice tall glass of vitamin d milk and not fat she points out that vitamin d is terrible for your skin you gotta drink non-fat milk more not all milk had vitamin d in it i i don't know Murray. <laughs> it's just, i just i drink vitamin d milk i'm trying i'm trying to give one to uh to joe again but he does ask for milk and she says it's terrible yeah, it's, for years it's terrible for dandruff because he's, yeah. he's really concerned about this dandruff and he says fuck my dermatologist i'm gonna kill that guy so later on later at night he gets a pepsi instead they're in the delicious pepsi pepsi they're in the bathtub she's massaging this green goo into his hair it's dandruff medication i'm guessing at least yeah, it was a really i mean he's got, it, uh, yeah, that was Ew. disgusting. I can't imagine the feud that would be coming off, whatever that was. And also the boob placement in that scene, where it was definitely like, can you just move it out and over so that we can see it in the scene for sure? Because, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was it was pretty ridiculous. Oh, they, she was hired for. I'm so. sure it the was, director that's... loved shot. He was like, this is good shit right here. Imagine what Michael Winter would have done. Oh, boy. I don't even want to think about that. I don't either. So, so, nice. so we point out that yeah. he's got cameras everywhere. Yet apparently Paul is a ninja or he has a predator costume on. Well, it's nighttime, so maybe the lenses don't work as well or something. Because he's standing literally in front of this gate. It's a, obviously a gate, see-through, and it's like wide open. You know, it's like a design and everything. So yeah. you can clearly see Paul. Just staring at the house. Right. And he rolls his little sacrifice. Oh, my God. This scene. He rolls. Freddy, so the, the camera apparently doesn't pick up Paul. Because apparently yeah. the cameras don't go to the gate. And it's dark out. They're not sensitive enough. But it does see the balls. He's like, holy shit. I got to go check this out. He marches the ball right up to the camera. Leaps up. I guess he's got one of those poles like Batman has because he goes down and his <laughs> hair is totally fine well, and he's in his leather outfit again. Oh, man. And yeah, you know how long it would take that guy to get those leather pants on alone if he was wet? You ever tried exactly. to put on leather when you're wet? Always. Yeah. No, yeah, not I, I happening. Got, yeah, I, got, I, got, I got the gold bonds. <laughs> so, <laughs> I also oh, love so that he had time to put on armor as well. So he's got... Yeah. He took yeah, the time to get the leather yeah, leather pants, a sweater. I told you, armor, he got the Batman pole. He slides down it, and it, yeah, yeah. It all comes down. I just think of, I think it was the Wallace and Gromit. They had the contraption where he'd slide down and slip into his clothes. So maybe he's got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he sees that. Yeah. 
He yeah. sees the ball, but doesn't notice Paul standing like 20 <laughs> feet away from him at his gate. Oh, my God. Just a and grown-ass so... man standing there, and he doesn't see it. Oh With a God. remote control in his hands. Oh, my God. Everything right. about this is so amazing. Everything. And then Paul does it. The most amazing trick. I called him David Copperfield earlier with the fucking cyanide powdered sugar bit. Now he is rolling a soccer ball behind the house. He can't see back there. (laughs) And he still just like wraps it around the house perfectly. Doesn't get stuck on anything. Doesn't nothing. Freddie follows it like an idiot. Brings it right back. Oh, my God. It's a cartoon. He's like chasing it. Like you think he's going to fall over his feet or something. Oh, my God. And then he parks it right in front of the garage so he can see him. Freddie picks it up. Uh, does anyone else remember the line? No, I don't. Oh, no. man. Okay. All right. So Freddie, oh, he picks up the ball. And Bronson, who is already completely visible, takes an inch step to the right to make himself even <laughs> more visible. And Freddie finally, finally, yeah, finally notices him. And uh, Paul tells him, Hey, Freddie, I'm going to help you with your dandruff problem. <laughs> and Freddie says, Not like your mom told you to never play with your balls or something like that. I mean, that's, I don't no. know. <laughs> and this is what we're talking about. I don't remember. It's been too long now. We've been talking to Taffy for so long at this point. I don't remember if we talked about the sound mic or not, but this dummy that they did, this it's was. It's not a dummy. It's prosthetic. Or prosthetic. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was but wait, the fire cool. fucking stunt was great. Yeah. Guy was on literally on fire. Yeah, right. Now they do it with they do it with some shitty CGI. Now which always looks awful. But no, kudos oh. to that guy. And then the girl yeah, runs I mean, out. It's a good old fashioned and- stunt man ass stunt. He he does a fire walk and all. But before that, the way the head explodes, it's somewhere between like scanners and Kananga in that 007 movie. It's like his head gets big and then explodes, and it makes no sense. And it also happens for like just a half a second and. Yeah, but then we do get the good fire stuff, which I like. Yeah, yeah. why Why would his head explode? He looks like the dude from why? Big Trouble in Little China who explodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he blows up and he's beautiful fire. Love it. Girl runs out. She's crying her, you know, ass I off. noticed she's wearing, like, she's supposed to be barefoot, but she's wearing little footy things. Oh. And it distracted me. And so Paul just <laughs> takes off. Yep. Two down, one to go. Yep. And he's, uh, Hoyle gets another call from Paul. Meet me at Olivia's and come alone. And this is, again, where they're hammering home. Oil has already kind of been led on to to the fact that someone's listening in to him. I mean, Paul straight up told him. And so um, we went to Hoyle's office. Vasquez walked in and said, the mayor's trying to get to you. And he is. We we always have to have this scene in the Death Wish movie, too, where the the higher ups are worried about the vigilante. Yeah. And they're like, but they still want him to do what they yeah. need him to do. And they have a fun little moment here with the phone. Do it themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Where the phone rings and, uh, you know, Hoyle looks at Vasquez like, you want to talk to him? I'm not talking. He, he leaves the room, but he goes, oh my God, I, we haven't heard from you so long. And that gets Vasquez's attention. He turns around and looks at the door and then he slowly closes it. Then he walks over and picks up a phone. And so <laughs> every you, phone's connected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like his secretary's phone <laughs> or something. Right. But he would he would know the button to push. Though, yeah. I guess, and so here's the even Dial better line. part about this. <laughs> so Hoyle is talking to Paul, who very you know, just says, Hey, 
Come meet me at Olivia's. Come alone. And then he hangs up. So he hangs up real quickly. And then you just hear, because everyone's still in the office, he has just picked up the phone in front of the secretary. You hear her gossiping and laughing. And Hoyle is just like, huh. And then you hear the phone click. And then Hoyle finally clicks his phone off. And then we go over to Paul arriving at Olivia. So they've hammered home two times now that Hoyle has realized something suspicious with phones, but right. he is still kind of dumbfounded well, by it. Well, this is why it took 16 years to try to get something on time. Because their DA is an idiot? Yeah. Okay. Or he's on the take, and that's why he lives in such a great house. That's a good point. Oh, that's an even better oh, point. Oh, okay. Smart. Check out the big brain. Yeah. yeah. Piecing it together for the writers yeah. uh, 24, 27 years later. Yep. All right, so of course Vasquez is listening. He arrives first. He climbs up the stairs. Well, didn't Tommy tell him to kill Paul? I think he did. In that, that yes, scene. he did. Okay. He did. He uh, so uh, Vasquez is going to take it on himself. Shows up, and Paul. Okay, we get this shot of Paul. <laughs> Very bizarre shot. Chelsea. How old do you think Chelsea yeah. is? Thirteen, uh, yeah. maybe. Thirteen. Yeah. Right. She has. All the kid toys from when she's like seven, maybe younger. Guys, that's how innocent and pure she is. That's it. She still plays with dolls. And you get this creepy scene of a a well whore lit, uh, uh, damn, I can't, Charles Bronson clutching clutching a raggedy and doll and his eyes are just barely peeking through the little eyelid slits that he has these days because he's. Oh my God! This man is just disgusting. <laughs> and the poor, raggedy doll. I hate ever. I hate the scene. And yeah, Vasquez, so yucky to see I him in that little girl's bedroom. So yucky. It's the contrast, the evolve it. I'm so I'm getting lost in my words because it's just disgusting to me. I'm thinking yeah. Vasquez, please end this misery. Someone's got to do it. But everyone takes their time when they're trying to shoot Paul. He does this in every movie <laughs> too. He was looking for he was he was looking for the great one liner himself to give to Paul. He might have. Yeah, you know what? That's, that's what it was. You, no. you, All those improv classes he's been taking. What if are we not learn, Griff? You kill him first, then yes, you and. drop the line. Yeah. Yes, and exactly. <laughs> so he gets, and, and it's, it's very anticlimactic. Paul just slowly turns <laughs> around and just shoots him, kills him. Yes, that's that's it. And then Hoyle shows up. Apparently they were like seconds apart. Right. But well, they they shared a an Uber, so they were like, <laughs> "He said pay the guy," and that's why it took him an extra. Okay, right. yeah, there we go. And so Hoyle walks in the room, and he's got this dramatic shadowing effect going on too. And he's like, "Paul, I guess you were right. The justice system doesn't work. <laughs> do what you got to do." I wasn't even here. And they do a Rosario, and they just put a, like a rug on top of Vasquez. Go, nobody will ever notice. All right, guys, we're heading into the worst part, so we'll we'll power through uh, it. We get the writer's uh, favorite scene. We all agreed, I think, pre-episode. This is the writer's favorite scene. We have the funeral for Freddie Flakes. He has twelve people in there. You got his girl and uh, Maxine and Tommy, and then you just have rows of one people because no one else wanted to show up. They're and, terrified. And they're doing the whole, you know, service for them and everything. And then you just see the shadowy figure of a little child running at the church doors and he throws them open. And everybody turns around with the gun. And this kid is also on some kind of spectrum because he does not even care. He's just like, all right. 
No, they just want to shoot him because he has a bowl cut. That's yeah. <laughs> but the fact that everybody turned around with their gun and then they did a shot of it. Yeah, like it was, the, it the writers or the director, maybe they thought this was oh, going to be amazing. They loved scene. that. I think that they felt like the audience was going to have like a big. A big laugh at that and all. And the other thing that bothered me about it, other than the fact that it was just terrible, um, was if you listen to the the priest um, who's like, no, no, my children. No, no. Yes. To the guys with guns. Instead of just maybe, I don't know, hitting the deck or what have you because there's all these dudes with guns. Oh, boy. Yeah. Come on. They're not going to shoot. They're not shooting a man of God. Come yeah, on. no panic in his voice at all. No. Guys, and he's like, "Where are you going? Where you know?" He's just, You're in the he's house oblivious. of the Lord, guys. We can't do this. Very chill. Yeah. Ben Stein voice, calming him down. He, he's uh, de-escalating, Griff. Fuck Ben. De-escalating. Yeah. Exactly. Fuck him, indeed. Uh so anyways, he they, so he, we don't even book signing one. What? Sorry. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I. Fuck I love that it's all these. It. <sighs> And there, there's oh, a picture my of it when it happened because it, it was like, oh, post for the picture because I was the lady who did the events, right? I, I can't believe this digression, but it's actually int- more interesting than anything that happened uh-huh. in the movie. Um, no, yeah. So uh, I was hosting I, I can't believe, yeah. a thing where he was he was there uh, in the bookstore um, and uh, yeah, and he fucking put his hand on my ass and uh that like that's when the shutter went off for the the picture and so um i i i think my best friend still has a copy of it where i my <laughs> face <laughs> my face tells you what's happening cuz i think i'm oh roughly God. like this <laughs> um, and uh yeah fuck ben stein i just Take love i love these ben creeps cuz it's such projectionism all all the shit they do yeah, he wrote speeches yeah. for nixon that tells it all right there there we go. So yeah, the note exactly. instructs them. That's all you need to know right there. <laughs> the note instructs them to head back to the factory slash runway slash office building. And down in the uh, the factory, <laughs> they found a big old crate and a nice hand painted, you know, to Saul and uh, Tommy. Yeah. And they open it up. And of course, uh, uh, Vasquez's body falls out. Right. Saul is again just. Shaking out those pills and taking them on, blood pressures through the roof. And uh, we followed them back to Tommy's place where Tommy chill, chills a cucumber, oh, kicks can't off. Can't wait to curl up uh, dude, that he, little beanbag chair he is. So excited. Oh, he's got Yeah, he kicks things. off his shoes. Oh, and he relaxes. And he's doing these Billy, Billy Drago hand gestures. Beautiful. I, I did love that. I did <laughs> love that. I will, I mean, not. Not over the top film, but I thought I thought he was pretty good. And so um Sal was like, Look, this is my two weeks. I'm quitting the mob. That's you gotta that... put in two weeks for the mob. I too. think so. Shit. Yeah. It's oh, not okay. a it, yeah, it's not a right to work situation. You gotta put in your two weeks. Okay. So <laughs> Tom is just like, Look, man, we're just gonna we're gonna go ahead, we're gonna get Paul, we're gonna knock him out. And Saul was like worried about something else. He's like, No. We're going to go for Kersey. We're going to get Kersey. That's all we're going to do. We have an ace up our sleeve. Chelsea. He wants to get Chelsea back because he yeah. wants to be a father to Olivia's daughter for some reason. So uh, It's also his daughter. You know. Or are we talking about Paul? Paul. Oh, okay, Paul. Yeah. And so we get. Okay, this actually was. I did like this scene as well because he's like, 
you know, all this thinking, all this planning gets me hungry. Scene, come down here. And uh, he's like, I need some coffee and I need something to eat. So she goes, gets coffee and brings out four awful looking cannolis. Yeah, like vanilla pudding. Yeah, these, <laughs> these ones did look really bad. Well, in her defense, she did it in 30 seconds. She did do I it mean, really quickly. That's pretty damn impressive. I mean, maybe she didn't cook them up. Maybe they were just in the fridge. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, but so then you she... let them sit too long and they get soggy. They look like shit. Right. That, yeah, that's a good point. And that, that is exactly what Tommy did. He's flung them at her. Didn't like bitch! Her. Yeah, oh, he's totally fine with talking about murder. Yeah, I love that he yes, explained it to her right. in case it, like everybody forgot. Like, didn't you know? Well, yeah, everybody knows yeah. that. It was very dramatic, and those newspaper headlines so that... reminded us of the cannoli caper. Oh, my God, yes, the fucking paper. You, oh, guys, maybe... I noticed it in my second watch through. That fucking headline was like, Freddie the Flake. Yeah, they had, oh, they had a God, lot of I can't jokes. remember it. That was so maybe, good. Maybe they're thinking, like, basically what we did that you're going to space out in this movie this is what's going to happen for that sure. bad so they for have to sure. keep because <laughs> we get we get uh, a scene where paul is like driving and we see a like overlap of him loading a gun and he's doing like all these voiceovers like explaining the whole Constantly, movie yeah so i just love that after he tells uh maxine she's so insensitive this is after he he, he said you are a resident retard Go! And she like starts running off and he's picking up the cannolis and throwing them at her. And then he's still got like the little paper plate or doily or something. And he like tosses that into the air and then curls right back into his chair. I was like, oh my God, that was, that was, that was brilliant. So, so there was so much heat and then he just chilled it right the fuck out. He likes being All right, All right, this is it. This is. Oh That's my god, right. this is the worst is part. The this final. should be the best part of the movie, and this is the worst part of the yeah. movie. I swear to God, it was just punishing to have to watch this. Yeah. Sorry. But so we got the next day. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Good. We're we're gonna power through this. So I mean, if you wanna jump in, feel free, oh. but we're we're gonna get through this. Hell or high water. Next day, we got Paul. He's following Saul. Tom has set up a trap for Paul. So he wants them following them. So they're Saul is nervous. He's dropping his bullets, causes a car like pile up. Yet Paul is such a great dr- driver. He goes just, all through oh it. God, this whole thing. Meanwhile, Tom's got his uh, goons from early in the movie. They're back because they were there. Were they, were they there? Yeah, I he, didn't. He was that. his bodyguards. Uh, we uh, Paul notices Tommy early in the movie, and he's got a bunch of bodyguards with him. It's these guys. Yeah. So he brings them back in. They come up to the office of the runway slash factory uh, building, and he's got a crate just full of guns. He's like, boys, check out the treasure. So and- we got it's the 90s, so we got a guy with a ponytail. Yes, Angel. Gotta have got that. a bald guy. Frank, I think. His name. I think Frank, yeah. And for some reason, he's like, I'm going to do a Dr. Claw voice. <laughs> what was up with that? He's like, I like this. Did, did that hit like, you really hard, Taffy, yes, that voice? Absolutely. I was like, what the hell? I yeah. mean, because that's such a strong choice, and we've seen none of yeah. that throughout the whole movie. And then that's suddenly we've point. got this yeah. guy with this real, it's a, a real commitment to a bit there, and I did not understand yeah. it. Uh, and maybe it was the most interesting part of this leg of the movie. Uh, especially in the second watch through when you're like, oh, God, well, he was like, I'm going to stand out. Yeah, that was, that was an acting choice. Yeah, he know? really yeah. did. Yeah. OK, OK. And we got to go with the mustache. 
Get mustache and big old Gary Busey Ponytail beach. Ponytail bald guy mustache. Big old gap. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll call him Gary because he looks like a Gary Busey. God, we got to do a Gary Busey movie. Uh, anyway, so they're, they're trying to lure Paul into the factory. Go figure. They're going to have a trap waiting for him. But, Paul, we've done this before. We did it in Death Wish 2, I think. There's a blur now. Exa- exactly. It's all oh, instead, he realizes he's going in trap. It, it really uh, is. Yeah. yeah, we watched four in a row. You only had to watch one. Yeah. That's true. Okay. You boys are and Stewart did it for fun. Yes. Right. Stewart is stronger than us. He did it in like <laughs> it in consecutive yeah. days. Yeah. yeah. He did it just Oof. for fun. Yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> That's what... You're a better man than us, Stewart. So, uh, yeah, so, Paul hops on the fork. Yeah, Chelsea's up in the office with, with Tommy. She's like, yeah. I want Paul. <laughs> and I'm just like, even then, I'm like, yeah, just kill her. You reminded you know? me of Neil Breen acting. <laughs> <laughs> so he he drives. <laughs> Are you a fan of Neil Breen? Uh, well, fan might not be the word I would choose, but. Yeah. Would you recognize him as a misunderstood genius? Right, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I recognize him as somebody who's really fascinating because that kind of mental illness is very interesting to me. Yes. <laughs> oh, he's just an independent yeah, it's called artist. Misunderstood genius. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, well, okay then, so yes. we got to get to this forklift. <laughs> so Paul has driven a forklift in and all the goons are scattered in their secret spots and they're waiting for Paul to get into position. And Paul apparently has picked up a mannequin and hid it under his jacket. <laughs> David motherfucking Copperfield does it again. He, can you even move a, a manipulate exactly. a mannequin to sit in the? I don't forklift? know. I don't think How so. Maybe he just used the top half, but uh, ridiculous. Know. And he, those things are he, heavy as shit too. Oh. Oh. So maybe Paul practices voodoo or something because he was controlling that thing. He was know? Mr. Magoon. He was just stumbling around. Like there was no plan, Paul. I'm gonna someone gets in front of me, I shoot them. That's if they plan. actually showed what Paul's up to, he slipped in some like uh slipped in some acid that got on the floor or something. <laughs> he's just laying so down. He's, hey, to just set up the forklift with a the mannequin. They the guys start emptying all their guns on this forklift. That's the it's the same fucking thing he did in the garage scene of Death Wish Four. Apparently, they got the same basement as the commando basement because there's an electrical <laughs> transformer down there. Just like every OSHA would have a field day with this place. Right. Bed of acid, electrical work everywhere, just sitting out. So so Ponytail just falls into this fence that's connected to the. He the gets shot. Okay, Paul again. Such a crack shot. He just stands up very slowly. Everyone's able to turn. Angel has shot a grenade at the forklift. <laughs> <laughs> we get a close like up of the burning mannequin. It was the third movie in a row. We had a grenade. I like that out. the wig is flame retarded, though, because that wig was still <laughs> intact. <laughs> um, so Paul has finally revealed himself very slowly. Hey. Ozos. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> my voice. He, he shoots Angel like in the. <laughs> but this is what annoys me because then he goes, shit. Like he totally drops his fucking yeah, he did, voice. Yeah. Oh. It was all an act. <laughs> Even his character was acting. So Paul layers, shoots Angel man. in the heart. He, yeah, layers. This movie has layered. So Angel goes flying into the electric circuitry. It's just flaring up and everything. Right. Uh, 
uh, I, uh, Frank, what are we calling him? Frank. Yeah, Frank yeah. gets his shotgun shot out of his hands. Then I think he gets shot or something. Who cares? Fuck him. Gary Busey, however. Yeah, uh, Frank gets killed. Yeah. And then Gary Busey gets uh just like winged. He gets a hand, uh, gun shot out of his hand or something. And he falls back into also a circuit breaker that he elbows in sparks shoot out everywhere. But Paul wants to it's keep like him alive. sparkler sharks. Sparks. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like like little sparklers, like you get for Fourth of July, and give to the little kid that level of sparks everywhere. It yes. doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Oh, it was like the sparks that came off the car in the earlier. Oh yeah, yeah it was ridiculous. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. All right, so now Paul is going to turn it. You know, he's going to uh, reflect on his time in Gitmo Bay, and he's going to torture the fuck out of Gary. He's get, he's like looking around the room. He's feeling it out. There's meanwhile, there's a vat of acid he could work with. There's the fucking giant patch cutting the jigsaw giant shredder that we'll see later. There's the steam press. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, there's House the, of Horrors. You could. <laughs> there's the he so could throw options. him in. Yeah, he could throw him into the electric thing that Angel died on. But he looks for the most harmless way well, he, to slowly. Like we said, he gets off on murder. This is very kinky, man. He's like gonna like into some bondage with this guy. He grabs some saran wrap on his giant roll. You know, this would be fun if it weren't so slow. This whole scene oh is playing God. out over nine and a half minutes. You gotta fill ninety minutes. So he he, pull, he goes between his legs and like yeah. hands it up. There, there's oldest. a little rotating uh, stand that he's like, get up there. Guy gets up there. Dance for me. <laughs> Hold this. <laughs> so like he pokes it under his crotch, so he's getting right under the tape there. And Gary grabs it. He's like, "What are you doing, man? I didn't do nothing. I just, I, I just work here." But uh, I was gonna call him Gary. Paul hits the little button to start. knows how to operate all this shit. Yep, you know? it starts rotating. Well, Olivia showed him the way. He's like, "This is my sweatshop. Is the electricity working? Because didn't we just see it blow <laughs> we just up? Saw it blow I mean, up." And yet everything works out here. It's oh, a solar power, apparently. It's so slow. It's so slow on this turntable. Like you, the turntable where you frost a cake goes faster than this thing, right? And it's saran. I mean, it's shrink wrap stuff. So yeah, okay, maybe yeah. it's a little more heavy duty than the stuff in my kitchen. But seriously, like your nana could get out of this situation. And this guy's supposed to be a gangster. It is awful. Oh. He's not a big man without his gun. He's a weakling now. Oh. And Paul's got a gun on him. So Paul walked away, literally just walked. <laughs> I did like when he hopped off the thing, his little oh, mummy walk there. Oh, I did like that. Well, he's suffocating yeah. right now. He is suffocating because yeah. he fitted over his face. And they made sure to get a lot of shots of his Paul's face. Paul's like whispering out. to get you hot. Oh. And he's just like, Ugh. <laughs> and then he he finally he finally breaks down and like gives up. I don't even remember what he gave up. He tell where where Tommy was. Okay, Paul knows this place like the back of his hand. He's banged Olivia all over the place because okay, I happen to know I watched the director's cut. He did murder somebody, and, and that's what that's what solidified it for uh, Olivia. She's like, I got to be with this man because once you get that, that explains why. Why did they cut that scene out? We could have just cut down this rapping scene. Exactly, added that scene that added right? so much depth. Yeah. So that's how we got Olivia locked in. That explains why she was so excited when they were going to get married. Right. So he, he he's trying to figure out. He knows this building like the back of his hand, the factory. The, or rather, knows the how to operate shop, every, everything. everything. He, and then he knows the runway real well. And he knows the office really well. And yet he's asking her, um, where is she? And he's just like, 
in the office upstairs. Oh, okay. So and Paul, he hangs him up. Paul, seventy-five-year-old dry cleaner conveyor belt. He, hangs he, he lifts this man who is like probably a few inches taller than him, probably weighs a hundred pounds more than him. He lifts him up and hangs him. Oh god! And then he starts like, the little like on a meat hook. It's that you know that illusion. It's like he's on a, a meat hook, uh, and there's no way he could have lifted him ring. like that. I mean, it's, that it's just old amazing. man wouldn't be able to stand up without making a whole bunch of noises. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, ooh, just to stand up. And he hefted this guy yeah, you... onto a fucking hook. Really? Yeah. His, his whole This isn't a normal old guy, people. This is Charles fucking Bronson. <laughs> and he has, just, he has just murdered. So that's like <laughs> Superman flying into the sun. Wait, that's Harvey Birdman. Or rather, no. just Birdman. Power from the sun. Yeah, yeah Birdman. Wait, Superman, Superman does? does. Okay, oh. that's Icarus. I like Birdman more. But okay, okay. Um, yeah. What? No, I'm talking about Hanna Barbera, Birdman. Okay. All right. Huh. Come on, let's finish it. We're in the home stretch. All right. We so Chelsea, she's this. upstairs. She's she's. Oh, we're so close, everybody. We're so close. So close. So Chelsea is uh being held captive, and Saul or Tommy is trying to call into you know radio into his boys downstairs, and she's like, "Hey guys." Do you finish him off? He's just a 73-year-old man. He's pretty quick. He's just 73-year-old. He's not getting anybody, though. I thought they were going to do a Die Hard where he picks up the radio. You're next. (laughs) And then uh, Chelsea's like, I want Paul. And she just runs away. And Saul, he's too busy popping his pills or something. He follows her. Saul follows her. He barely, he doesn't even follow her. He watches her run away and goes, hey, she ran away. Yeah. And Tommy's like, okay, well, you go after Paul in the factory. I'll go get her. And so we have some scenes of uh, Tommy chasing after Chelsea. Very exciting. Uh, you think he catches her, but she bites him on the hand, so she gets away again. Go downstairs to where Saul is uh, walking it. Now Paul's uh, got, this is his domain. He's setting up his own trap. Paul, like a fucking cat, is just like leaping around David Copperfield. He's doing his little magic. Just work in the shadows. And Saul, he's freaked out at this point. This is what they were building up to. Not his uh, blood pressure, but how freaked out he is by Paul. Do you think originally he had a heart attack? And they were like, that's just not a good enough death. I think that would be a they were really death. foreshadowing the fuck out of those pills. Yeah. And so anyways, you, ha- you can hear some murmuring and somebody saying, Saul, Saul. And Saul decides to shoot the <laughs> stick. Shoots, shoots Gary. And it's, yeah, it's poor old Gary. And he's like, oh, shit, I shot Gary. I, and then he goes, I'm going to shoot you, something like that. And, they keep, and then uh, Paul yeah. confronts Saul. <laughs> <laughs> and Saul's got the old neck knife because he's like, hey, I, I'm not, I don't have any. Uh, he, he ran out of bullets shooting at. Somehow he, he thinks Paul's a cop, like. Paul won't shoot him because he doesn't have a gun. Yeah, I I don't know. He's an old cowboy man, so he's like, "Yay, you know, yeah, honor of the first West." Movie he did say draw, and so he's like, "You're not going to shoot me on our man." And meanwhile, he's sneaking his hand down toward his neck. We all keep a knife in our, our neck, don't we? I keep mine in my boot, thanks to John Claude. But yeah, throws yeah. it at our boy, uh, Paul. Paul shoots him. Then he just falls. There's a there's a 
Is this this is another one? Is that an industrial oh shredder? Is that in effect like a garment? Factory? Absolutely not. No, there's I don't know what that was for okay. one thing. But it appeared to be some sort of oh. low grade kind of shredder thing. Um maybe uh like you know what it reminded me of was in from an actually really good movie, Punisher Warzone. Um the uh the thing that jigsaw goes through before you know to become jigsaw it's like a like a recycling thing but it's this this crushing mechanism uh you know sort of barrels crushing uh and he gets fed through it there's i, I have no idea why anything even remotely like that would be in a garment manufacturing place other than if you needed to have some sort of semi dramatic end to a terrible movie and shove a gangster through it uh, it's <laughs> awful. And then I think it's like if you need to break something down that won't fit in the acid, you <laughs> break it down a little. It just to make it go dissolve in the acid yeah. a little faster. You break it down in a small. Well, it got loaded into like a punching bag. Yeah, like I, I mail bag or something uh, like that. Yeah. Yeah, I just loaded it. So I don't weird. know. So, anyways, Paul no is knows. is recovering. He's turned off the machine. His sense of hearing, despite being by by, by that loud machine, or it's come back one hundred percent. He's seventy three. His hearing is so precise. Daredevil. He's daredevil. Mm. And so he hears footsteps, <laughs> and he's like, "That's the footsteps of a thirteen year old child running my way at eight miles an hour." And he spots a, a beer bottle near him. So I don't know who was drinking on the job, but somebody was. Reg. <laughs> I was going to say, we've only established one person, Reggie. That's why he works the night shifts, because he just goes down there and drinks some more. Drinks and you got to be careful. You got to be careful drinking down there. We've already, we didn't even get to point out the shredder when I was pointing out all the dumb things they have in here to murder somebody. Right. And the shredder gets added to it. Anyways, Paul picks up the bottle and he breaks it. And then uh, Chelsea comes running in, and um, she's like, Paul, Paul. Same line, but, you know, she gets two more lines, you know. Got to get that sad card. And uh, Tommy is so close. He's just reaching out. He's He's got that ponytail in his hand, and then you see a foot slip out from uh, – that. he was, like, hiding in, be- in between the racks of clothes and everything. Oh. And then we get that slow-motion fall – and then somehow we, Saul is now, or Tommy is now, like in a corner and crumpled over, like he's on a sofa. Well, always, we've we've settled. He always loves to curl up. <laughs> he curls. Yeah. You know, it's funny because Freddie was into. Freddie was always talking about the womb, and uh, Tommy had his own little womb. He liked yeah. to be cozy and climb and like get in the fetal position. He's doing that. that. What, was, what was that shit called? That that. Uh therapy where it was like you know you're supposed to like get back to the womb oh uh, yeah called. i have no idea but uh yeah he's doing a little bit of that and we have the worst face stab here because paul stabs tommy in the face with the broken bottle yeah. how do you like that, that and he just kind of like yeah he just kind of like gets it near him and just kind of like wiggles it a little bit and then yeah he says well, well how do you feel about that so oh. how do you feel about that so he's about to kill uh tommy and then the police show up and they fire off around and so now uh paul is distracted tommy slaps the gun away all of our goons earlier couldn't shoot for shit tommy dives out grabs the gun rolls over on his back shoots behind and over his head and hits fucking mickey who has disappeared from this movie completely last time we saw him was at the hospital yes and olivia was fucked up yeah oh. 
So he has made his comeback. Which is like the first he 15 gets... minutes of the movie. Yeah. So... He was at his partner's funeral. That's where he was. <laughs> they actually had a nice funeral for yeah, her? Very nice. Very tasteful. Yeah. She had family that he Buddhist, was comforting and everything. Buddhist funeral. It's great. Okay, so Paul quickly recovers the situation. He sl- he gets over and just kicks the gun out of Tommy's hand again. Tommy crawls backwards. This is where we see that there is a fence structure and then a couple stairs to get to the vat of acid. But we reveal that vat of acid. Check off that payoff. Chekhov's gone. We got we got to have the payoff yeah. here. And <laughs> so he is backing Tommy up to the vat of acid, and Tommy's just like, "Wait, wait, wait." You don't. You can't do this. You can't kill me. I'll give. You, what, what? What? Did he offer him anything, or just? <laughs> I would check out. Uh, yeah, we're all checked out. Why am I asking questions? Let's <laughs> yeah. just finish this shit. So <laughs> just get the classic line. You need a bath. I think you need a bath. He was. The, oh my god! It came around Saul and uh, Vizquez and all the smell jokes. <laughs> it was Tommy the whole time. All right. That's a good joke. That's that's a good joke. Okay. <laughs> okay, Finny. So he falls in the acid and is fucked up. I think it would have been a little worse. That, well, like, Mickey is, is only. Up. Yeah. Okay. Mickey is only there because every death wish has to end with the cop say, you, <laughs> you know, did the right thing. <laughs> you did the right thing. And I'm not, I'm going to cover for you. Yeah. And so this is where it's like, okay, all of this was about, so he could get Chelsea. Now is he just bailing on Chelsea? He's like, he, okay. Mickey does say to him, go on, Paul. Chelsea's waiting for you outside. Okay. So maybe he does like, return to her. He's like, I'll cover for you. Like, yeah, well, I would even explain this shit. Yeah, exactly. And then as he's leaving, uh, we just have the, you know, we just, he's walking into a light. What, is he going to heaven? Is that what, what it was supposed to I represent? I was getting some exterminator vibes off that. Exterminator? The end of exterminator. And he just says, Lieutenant, if you need any help, give me a call. Apparently, he's going to stick around New York. He's going to be a dad. No, he's got to go back to L.A. And a murderer. <laughs> got to go back to L.A. All right, that was it. Yeah, that was it. That was, that's it for the franchise. That's it for oh Death Wish Mom. Definitely, we've kept you forever. Do you have any closing Boy. sentiments for this movie? Uh, Are you gonna curse? Other us? than it was, <laughs> it was just it was really rough, and uh, the la- like the last part of it was the worst part of it. It's like they do not know how to make an action movie because that's supposed to be the best part of it, and it's where I was just totally checked out, and it was awful. Everything was so slow moving and sleepy and. Yeah. wrong and and not even committed enough to be that kind of bad that's really a lot of fun like like we've watched some pretty bad stuff here before that's been just a lot of fun because there's a lot of commitment to it and it's just a good time but this everyone seemed like they were clocking in you know uh and yeah which is fine look you gotta work or whatever but um it it just seemed like everybody was bored and everybody was half checked out during the writing process, the directing, the acting, every bit of it. Um, pretty pretty rough. Pretty rough. I love you boys, but this one was hard. <laughs> we we definitely put you through the ringer on this movie. I mean, Boy. even Stuart last week was just like, "You guys gave me silent rage." You know, we it it happens. Yeah, you know. We're making we're toughening you up. We we needed uh Murray okay. pointed out okay. early on. He he was like, Look, 
There's fashion in this one. We got to get taffy. We got to get the details out there. People need to know. To us, so. And you helped us with that. Was really fun to examine. I will. I will say that 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 was that yeah. was kind of a good time. I, I enjoyed that. We're- and. In fact, enjoyed the strippers in chainmail way more yeah. than what was supposed to be the high it, fashion. It had its moments. Like, I'll give it that. Like, first 50 minutes or so, I was entertained by. I really like Freddie Flakes. And, uh, I, you know, but you get into that like last climax scene. Yeah, Freddie was great. So. Would have been yeah. better if Kevin McDonald had played. If it was Kevin McDonald, oh, that would have been fantastic. Yes. That would have been much better. Closing sentence. Like always, we make lemonade from lemons. Another classic episode in the books. Yeah. It's been a great month. I want to thank Taffy. I want to thank you. I want to thank the two, our two Joes. Coleman and Corey. I want to thank, thank you Stuart guys for helping us out. We've had a great time this month doing this. Uh, I think we have movies. We'll be reaching out on all of them for. Yeah, I don't think future. Griff could handle doing another month of remote guests. So. Well, Murray. We got a big problem on our hands. We usually get nasty letters, you know, sexualizing us, stripping us down. Uh, After I talked about Tom Hardy's wiener, people are asking me if I've ever gone nude and covered myself in oil and fought people. I'm like, come on, guys. Of course. Murray has put me through. He's got his fight ring going. Yeah, exactly. What was for our minds? Yeah. We, We do have minds. Well, usually we get those letters. I got a letter from the FCC. They're not a fan of the Death Wish movies, apparently. And they said they're going to shut us down if we don't turn our show around. And so, oh, guys, I, I hate... You're going to have to come along on this journey. It's going to be a great journey. We're all, we're all going to atone for our sins, Murray. Because we're going to be getting... I, I found a perfect subject to flip this around. We're going we're gonna to get even with the holy man in the, in the sky. Oh my God. We're going to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Don't worry because Ryan Bosworth is going to take our hand. The Boz? The Boz. He's oh, going to show us wow. the light. Like Paul Kersey walk, walking into the light. And it's not just the Boz. One of my favorite, Leland Palmer, Ray fucking Wise is in this wow. movie. He, he had some bills to pay. And not even that. It doesn't stop there. Steve Borden. Sting! It's Sting! Oh is in God. this fucking movie. I'm excited. I don't even know what this movie is. Guys, next week, we're taking our, uh, our journey to find God. We're going to be doing Revelation Road, beginning of the end. 90 sweet minutes of miracles, bikers, hand of God, martial arts, and murder. Wow. Well, if anybody wow. needs some Jesus in their life, it's... Wow. It, <laughs> so I'm gonna look forward to that. Um, Holy cow. I, who knows when we'll do it? I'm I'm due for my second shot Friday. If I'm feeling like shit, I ain't doing it. But <laughs> we'll see what we're gonna when it comes out. Maybe next week. I don't know. Maybe we need a week off. I don't know. Come back. Keep it warm. <laughs>